0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Game Face, episode 95 on Sifted Games. We have been playing Destiny 2, the beta. We're going to talk about it in depth.
1: And we're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3, which has a new release date that nobody believes.
0: Yep, I don't either. (laughs) And we got some trouble in Siftedville. We're going to talk to you guys about the future of the site. It's going to be a great show. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Hope everyone is having a great Friday afternoon, or evening, or Saturday morning, or wherever the yeah. hell else you might, may be in the world right that now. covers it. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to Game Face uh, from Sifted Games on sifted.net. Episode 95. We're five episodes away from 100. Hmm. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. We've actually done way over
1: 100, though. Yeah, if you count the stuff we didn't number. Yeah, there's the, there's probably
0: been 20 episodes that we didn't give a number to that we could have. Yeah, I mean,
1: like the little hangout things and the uh, the E3 stuff.
0: Well, we did, like, the freestyles there for a while uh, where we would styles. sit over here. Yeah. <laughs> Why did we do that again?
1: Uh, because Sam was out of town. Oh, also.
0: right, and we had no choice. So that's we, right. We had to let
1: him go yeah. be free.
0: <laughs> so we're coming up on a big milestone. 100 episodes of any show is a pretty big deal, and I'm pretty proud of that. Uh Definitely been a crazy 100 episodes, all yeah. the ups and downs and all the stories and whatnot. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of the history of Sifted a little bit later on in the show. Uh, I feel like we got a pretty good show. We've been waiting a long time to play Destiny 2, and it's finally here, at least for those of us who got in on the beta early. Uh, Matt, you're a much bigger Destiny fan than I am, or at least yeah. you, I don't know about fan, but well, you I played, a lot. You I played
1: it a lot more than I did. I, I had much less to do around that time, apparently. <laughs> um, well, I like it. Uh, it's it's Destiny. Uh, I, I I played I only played really the the story driven stuff. So I played the the big intro thing and I played the strike. Um, because after you after the the story intro thing, you basically get a like a little maps open director. It says and yeah you, you get uh. Uh, low-intensity competitive multiplayer, high-intensity competitive multiplayer, and a strike. So I played the strike because I don't care about the competitive multiplayer as much. Although I did play it a lot in the first one, I did like it. So yeah. I, will, I will do that. But I focused on the strike, uh, which I got through eventually uh, after many, 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 many retries with the randoms I was hooked up with on the boss. Yeah. Um, but it's Destiny. Let's talk uh, about the campaign so. first. Uh, I liked it. That's something both of us played, because I did not play the strike. Mm-hmm. I played
0: Crucible, yeah. so it actually it's kind of good that we're going to be able to fill all the gaps, but we both played the campaign, so let's talk about that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I'm a little confused, actually. Was this the very beginning of the game that we we're playing? Yes. It is, so it looked like you're like pre-leveled to level 20, though. Yeah. what? That seems odd.
1: The idea being, I think that uh, I think the entire way you level up and become powerful is going to change in this game. Because of how that section ends, yeah. Where the 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 big cabal guy like shuts off the, the traveler and like t- steals your light, because like with the light going away, that's basically what gives uh, gives you your power. And so,
0: thank you for being here to explain what st- the hell st- was going on so, in this. By the way, I had no clue what was going on. This is this
1: on. is basically like in Metroid, where she's got all the stuff at the beginning and then she loses it. Takes it. it all like away, I yeah. think that's basically what's happening there, because the traveler is the source of the of the of your power. That much I get. Yeah. Um... And, but, I mean, when you jump down into the strike, uh, your, your ghost is talking again and, you know, you've got abilities again. So, clearly something happens to fix that or change that or you shift your focus. I don't know. Um, obviously, we, we don't have that part of the campaign here. Right. But, um, yeah, the, the, the implication of the beginning of the, of the game is basically, hey, everything that you knew in Destiny 1, we're going to rip that apart and it doesn't apply anymore. Um,
0: but it will eventually. But it will eventually because we're, <laughs>
1: we're not that creative. But, uh, but they're, you know, they they The thing about that section is, I thought it felt a lot more like Halo. Oh yeah, I mean, ed- you could see from the graphic
0: yeah. right there, Halo there. Yeah, <laughs> it felt a lot more like Halo.
1: Yeah, which is good. Yeah, which is, you know, the the and the other like I was saying to you before we went on like. I've played like two hundred something hours of this game, so there are differences in how the game functions that I noticed. But they're so subtle they might not be there for someone who hasn't played it for two hundred hours. Like yeah. the way the, um, like the way the like the long range enemies uh, support the short range enemies is way better. Is they're they're much they seem like they're much more aware of where each other are and what each other can do. Yeah. Uh, which I liked. It was it was a it was a harder game in terms of like you know because. In the other game, like you could, as long as you kept moving, you could pretty much like take everybody down, like without a whole lot of trouble. Like they weren't too too aware of what how they should be attacking you, and they seem to be better about that now. And of course, what the AI
0: from the enemies, I thought was great. Yeah, which
1: define what you know, and good enemy AI is really what defines a a Bungie game to me. Agreed. yeah,
0: that is kind of their secret sauce. In single player, I also found that kind of that uh, fifteen was it the fifteen second rule that Bungie used to have, Mm -hmm. or fifteen minute rule? I can't remember which one it was. Where they've they built the game in these tiny chunks right. that any with each one supposed to be something memorable. Mm-hmm. I felt that way more yeah, this time there. than I did in the first Destiny.
1: Yeah, and also you may notice like I don't you didn't play like the Taken King and stuff like I that. I did not. Yeah, but you may have already noticed that um, just in this space of that section those three leader characters are more memorable characters oh, yeah. in that space than in the entire first game. You're absolutely uh, right. Those characters were much better established in Taken King and the subs and Iron all, all that stuff they made those guys into big real characters that had personality conflicts with one another and Cade is obviously Nathan Fillion and he's, you know, the funny one and all right. that stuff. Um so, like, you maybe you kind of get a taste there for, like, how they've improved they the first They evolved it before they yeah. even got to the second one. Right. So that was already in place. Obviously, they did not interact with you, and, and you know, the fact that you're seeing people, these characters actually do stuff in front of you is new. Um, before, you know, because in the, I guess, in the framework of Destiny 1, the way they did it with the DLC was it was all radio chatter, like in Halo. Right. Um, which, but it still helped. Like, I you know, you know all those characters now if you've played that thing, and so seeing them in action now is pretty cool. It was kind of fun to go through the whole. You know, it was it was a nice thing where they're like where they tell you, you know, go get the speaker and da da da, and like they don't tell you where to go. No. But, but you know where to you go. You don't really be-
0: have a choice though. But you
1: know where to go because you've been there a thousand times if you played the first game. And right. There was, there's a there's a nice element of like not they they don't hold your hand quite as much in this. Yeah. And That's true in the strike as well.
0: I, one thing I would say though is it's it is still incredibly linear and it yeah. felt more like, Call of Duty than the first mm. Destiny? Well,
1: well, I'm interested, see, the, this, the, only, the disappointment here is that uh, that's not the part of Destiny 2 I was interested in. I yeah. want to see what happens after that. Right. Because the big change to Destiny 2 is going to be how you get your missions, what the hubs look like, what, what, how all that works, because they've talked about their expanding. it's going to be more organic, it's going to be more, you know, you're not going to have to go to orbit all the time. And of course, what is this? It's a story-driven Call of Duty-style, like, mission, and then you're in orbit, and you yeah. pick which thing you go down. It's like it's exactly what. It was, was, yeah. Was. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, which I, I get—they're trying to, you know, that's not done. They're keeping it in their heads. Not important to the beta. It's not what they're after right now. although I bet you w- they will do something like that just to test everybody running around in an open area. Yeah. Um, closer to launch, but like uh, it didn't—it didn't show us the stuff that we want to see. That's different, I think. And I don't—I'm not criticizing them for that yeah. necessarily. It's just like. It was like, oh, cool, oh, all right. You know, it was yeah. like, It's like, okay, I get, I see. You got to pay for it, especially if you pre order from Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun story, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I, uh, I like that they give you a lot of weapons to mess around yeah. with. Uh, so you can kind of... They give you one of every kind. Yeah, you can to... sample pretty much every weapon type in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a while to get the handle on some of them, uh, because some of them have weird, like, fire patterns, like the Gatling gun, like you're seeing right here. Like... When I first started using it, I was, like, holding it in and was just outputting limited amounts of shots. But what it does is, like, it almost has, like, a threshold in it where if you hold down the trigger long enough, it suddenly, like, starts to spin up, and then it spins up really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then once I figured out how to use it, I absolutely loved it. Um, But the gunplay in this is incredible. I I feel so freaking good. Uh, I think maybe my one issue is that the, the turning and the look speed is a little slow. You can adjust to all that. Yeah, I know I can. But I'm just saying on the default setting, it seemed mm. a little sluggish, but... I think
1: I think on the first game, I actually turned the, the turn speed up as well. Did I you? Think, I think Bungie just thinks you should turn slower than most of us believe you should. And I
0: think the way most shooters are set up these days. Yeah. Like, after coming off, like, even Splatoon 2, it seemed really kind of slow and, and a little cumbersome. But, yeah, like you said, that's something you can totally adjust to your to your own preferences. Uh, but as far as the gameplay is concerned, man, I was really satisfied with it. Yeah. And that's satisfying is a good way to put it. Like... Headshots still feel great in the game. Um, you de- you definitely feel like you're rewarded for accurate targeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Almost know, sh- every
1: kind of enemy type has some kind of weak weak spot yep. on them. Like they'll have tanks exploit. on their back yeah. or
0: whatever. And if you catch them turn the wrong way, you can shoot the tank and it'll explode. Um, there is nice a nice selection of mini-bosses throughout the mm-hmm. short demo. Um, I've seen a lot of people down on this online, but I actually already enjoy it more than the first game, at least the campaign.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get what they're at what they're saying because it really is just a, a, a slight refinement on the first game in terms of what you're doing and how you're playing. But I mean, the first game played really, really well. Like, but the,
0: don't you think the first game was so close to like being great though? Like that's really kind of all it needed was some tweaks. A little bit. I mean,
1: that, well, like I said, like the thing that will make this game great is not in this. Yeah, it's not as right. beta. Yeah. it's it's how the game interacts with itself, how the game progresses, whether the grind is there, and whether it's rewarding. Right. Like we, 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 you're not going to know that from this. Yeah. Um, this is just a taste of like here's kind of how we expanded the, the idea and the concept, and I think they've done that really well. Um, my one uh, visual criticism is that uh, I love the Cabal. I, I my, the Cabal are my favorite enemies to fight in in Destiny. Uh, in the whole series so far, yeah, wow. I, I just like how their heads pop. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> in that it's almost like steam.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I uh, also, I mean, they're basically the Warhammer Space Marines. Yeah, my one they issue, look a little
0: derivative to me, but well, they are
1: derivative because yeah. they're Warhammer Space Marines. Uh, but the one thing, the way their helmets are designed, and um, this particular whatever the, the Red Legion or whatever they are, is there, there's this, this is a specific group of cabal that's attacking here that we haven't seen before. Uh, the way the design of the helmet and the coloring, they really look like overgrown Volus from uh, Mass Effect. No, you're the, the, right, the, the, little, uh, the little mole Yeah, guys. yeah, you're right. And I'm like, God, what do we do to these guys? They're just so mad. Like, <laughs> Maybe they're trying um, to make up for Andromeda. <laughs> that could be. Um, but, like, so that's my one criticism every time I'm killing these guys. I'm just like, God, it's like an army of Volus just got really mad at like, so like, I, and it. Which is not an intimidating thought. Yeah, yeah. Mean, so, But, uh, obviously, the, you know, I wonder if at some point anyone in testing was like, they look like Volus, dude. Maybe we should, I just, I don't know, widen the nose, Bram, or so, anything. Yeah. Um, well, my overall, big, my biggest with complaint
0: it. with the campaign, honestly, is I had no idea what the hell was going on. I had no idea what the hell was going on. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Like, there's one part towards the end where these paws just start dropping out of the sky, and I just got crushed like four times right. in a row. See, that
1: was that was the one kind of like um, disturbing part was when you come out of there and like you basically have to fend off three waves right. of these things. Yeah, and that's the yeah, it's first. It's a little that's, like horde mode. Yeah, section. but that's the first. Also, the first time you encounter other players. Yeah, like, it's like first time they dump you in a kind of a, a mingle player situation. Yeah, and like. It came out of nowhere and did not really set itself up very well. I mean, maybe um, and of, I got it pretty well, but I, you know, that was as part, part of my thing. It was kind of like I guess one of the you know like the the open world missions in the first game where something happens, everybody gathers around the thing and you do it. Yeah. Um, if that's their idea of more organic like quest assignment, like it, nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, like, I didn't every, even know I was
0: playing with other players. Yeah. So I thought that was AI.
1: Yeah, they're, they're guys, because they're like waving at me and stuff. Wow. Um, you see a, a player name, it's a, it's a person.
0: I just assume that they just put those up there. Oh, right? no, no, no.
1: If you see another guardian in this game running around shooting, it's stuff, always it's another a point human player. There. Wow. Um, unless it's like a So, again, that's a character. perfect
0: example of how I had no idea what the hell was going right. on playing this. I just kept trudging forward and shooting. Um,
1: I mean, I did keep thinking while I was playing, like, I wonder what Shane thinks about this as someone who who doesn't have destiny, like, fused into his brain.
0: I was completely lost. Yeah. And the stuff that they were saying, I'm like, what? What does that even mean? Like, I felt like I needed, like, a little translator in my ear to be like, that means the mm. guys from Blah Blah. Like, I had no clue. Uh, like, I, I did get, obviously, that the Traveler was shut down and that that
1: yeah. was a huge deal. I mean, that's I mean, about all you need. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the details are just sort of window dressing.
0: Yeah, I did think that, like, the... Some of the... Like, that ending cutscene I thought was a little hammy. Oh, yeah. Which but, I was disappointed in. I mean, you know, I thought Bungie... Well, that's Bungie, like, though. Nothing. Yeah, I thought they had a better pedigree than that to be perfectly honest. Really. They do
1: space opera and they do it big. Yeah. And that's basically what happens But, like, there.
0: that main bad guy, I was just like, really? Like, this is the guy... He and... has
1: angel wings. Yeah. <laughs> the The symbology in, these, in these, this game is not... and the first game are not subtle. mean It's yeah. like the and everything is is definite article proper now you know it's like uh the traveler the tower, yeah, yeah. the guardians <laughs> the speaker the you know, the the vex the you know, it's, everything's like the the you, know, like, and it's just sort of like great mm. man by the way a little, a little too a little too <laughs> obvious boys, but i mean, i mean. At least they told something that resembles a narrative here, yeah, I know you're which is right. it's definitely... like night and day
0: compared to the first yeah. game. Like it actually feels like a campaign instead yeah. of this like MMO that you've been forced into. It that... also I can say
1: like the first game starts with you waking up and sort of wandering through a hallway and finding weird little enemies that you don't understand. You know, yeah. At least this one is like go go go. You know, it's like you gotta move, get the blow stuff's blowing up. You gotta run through the fire. You like it does engage you right away. Yeah, without a doubt.
0: And it gets your pulse racing right away. It gets you into the action right away. I just feel like it, you know, I think a lot. A lot of people are probably going to play destiny 2 that never played destiny and i feel like they leave you out there hanging a little bit assuming a lot from the player
1: yeah i think i mean bungie likes to do the thing where it's like uh you don't know what's happening and like that's supposed to intrigue you but i think most of the time people just find that annoying yeah uh, especially after years of tv shows doing that and never paying it off so at this point like these days i think at least for me like, I'd prefer you just hit me with an interesting premise, yeah. and I'll come along with you, as opposed to, like, what could it mean? I don't know, but it's probably stupid. I saw Lost. <laughs> you know, it's like...
0: Well, particularly at the beginning of the game. Right. It's like, you need to get the player wrapped into the universe. What are the consequences? Mm-hmm. What's at stake here? Well, see, that's here? the thing is, I think we're only seeing, like, a
1: third of the beginning here. You know, yeah. You're know, you not seeing after you get... Whatever, you know, what happens after you get kicked off the platform right. at the end? Uh, how do they bring back the light thing or get the leveling back or get the ghost to wake up? You know, like, like they're, they're, the, the world has suffered, you know, the world that we know of the game has suffered a major catastrophe here. And clearly the strikes and the Crucible stuff shows that you get that status quo back in some form yeah. later. So I'm curious to know how that all happens. So, like, they're, 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 they're ripping the premise apart and putting it back together. And I'm interested to see where they put the pieces. Um, obviously, we have to wait until September to see that. But uh in the as a Destiny fan I'm interested in where they're going with it. Um I'm impressed with it. So, it, yeah, I mean I I think it looks good. I we didn't even I, talk about the graphics. The yeah. graphics
0: are like miles ahead of the last game. Yeah. I mean, it's just a
1: quanti quantum leap ahead. Yeah. Also, like if you um if they are going to do this like kind of scope stuff, maybe I won't Miss Infinite Warfare too yeah. so much because this is on the same level as like the Infinite Warfare stuff where you've just got fleets in the sky and absolutely crazy stuff happening on a city size. It feels like a city size level even though it's like just like the, a, a pretty small linear section. Yeah,
0: and I was a little but, disappointed in how linear it was because there's yeah. lots of doors.
1: Yeah, and I'm although, like,
0: oh, what's behind this? Oh, although okay, here, here's know.
1: another fun thing that you would not have meant anything to you, but it did to me. Is um, there's a couple moments in in the beginning where you get to go indoors in the in the tower that you never got to go in in Destiny One. Yeah. And there's a couple moments where you're like, oh that's what's behind there. Yeah. Yeah. I watched like but, a couple
0: Easter egg videos that mm-hmm. some outlets have put out. Like when you go
1: through the little marketing market stalls the, section, I'm like oh so that's what's back there. Right yeah.
0: Now? I was surprised. There's like ten like nods to like yeah. stuff in this little demo, which is pretty impressive that they squeeze that much in there. I'm wondering if the rest of the game. Has that much? Yeah. This, cool this is stuff. actually,
1: yeah. This is one of the sections behind, uh, behind one of the doors you never got to go in Yeah, that.
0: I mean, I had no idea. Like while I was playing, yeah. this like no clue whatsoever. I'm just like, oh, here's another section to play through. Uh, I had no, I had no idea about it at all. But I, I'm way higher on this than what seems to be the, the overall consensus on it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I felt like this was a pretty nice taste. Um, I don't. I don't have an issue with it. Like, I get what people are saying. like. If you didn't like Destiny One's gameplay, this ain't gonna change your mind. I'm probably, surprised that anyone like, would
0: not at least, at least not like the gunplay from the. Well, first me Destiny. too. But I mean, I that shocks me.
1: I, I assume there there are there are people that like and dislike weird things. What did they want from it? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't get it. I feel like the gunplay is like sublime. That was the one part about Destiny that kept me going was the gun. Just using the guns felt so good. So. I, uh, I'm impressed with it. You know, I had read, uh, before I actually got to play it, like, I didn't get to jump in the beta day one. Uh, I was really busy doing a bunch mm-hmm. of other stuff, so I got to play it the second day. But by the time I got to that second day, I had already seen some reports coming in and some stuff on Twitter about people complaining about it, and I was like, oh, that kind of sucks, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. They started playing it, and I'm like, what are these people talking about? This is way better than the first game. So, mm-hmm. I don't know what the everyone else's story is, but I really enjoyed it. The open beta starts tomorrow? Is that right for everybody else, or is it today?
1: I think it's today.
0: I think it might be. Yeah, I think we got I like two days today. early and everyone yeah. else gets to jump in. Which I will be good ultimately for... But I mean, also
1: because I feel like if you're Bungie, you don't want to start your beta on a weekend because everybody's got to come in anyway. So yeah. Do it on Friday when everybody's got to be in the office anyway.
0: They're going to be in the office all weekend yeah, anyway. Yeah, but like
1: it's, it's less... Uh, it feels it doesn't feel as bad.
0: Well, you it. know they're going to hit a bunch of bumps in the road today. Yeah. And then hopefully Saturday and Sunday they can get to sit there and monitor. Yeah.
1: That's the point. Yeah. That's what this is for. Yeah.
0: So. But I, I really enjoyed the campaign. I had a good time with it. Yeah, I liked it. I'm surprised how much they gave us thirty some minute chunk. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I feel like there's a lot more to it. I feel like oh, there's, yeah, there's a, yeah. Lot, there's a lot more going to happen. I mean, if this is the we,
0: beginning, yeah. then what happens later on?
1: Yeah, and this is this is also uh, in line with um, you know the the later DLC in the first game, where like you know some pretty robust missions, some stuff constantly happening, a lot of things to do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this you know. I can see why this had to happen and not be an expansion because clearly they've upped their tech and they've added things that the the original game couldn't do. Um, And that's fine. Like, 10-year plan, whatever. Yeah. Um, It's good. I mean, solid. No no complaints other than, like, I'd like the rest of the game now, please. Yeah.
0: So I didn't play a ton of the Crucible. I only played, like, a handful of matches. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was pretty surprised at the plethora of modes that they have in there. Yeah, I
1: heard that there's a lot of new stuff to do in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't play a single, just typical Team uh-huh. Deathmatch game. Uh, I played a Domination, which is played just like all their Domination oh. modes. Basically, you capture a point, and then whoever hold you get points for how many points you have. You have The longer you hold them, the more points you get. Whoever has points at the end wins the game, or reaches the threshold first, rather, wins the game. The one thing I would say that makes it different, at least on the maps that I played, was the maps weren't sprawling. It Mm -hmm. was, like, here's a map point, and then there's, like, an alleyway to the next one. Like, literally, sometimes if you're at one capture point, you could see the other one. Hmm. Which I thought was kind of cool. Because, you know, a lot of times in in these, you can always kind of find that one node that's, like, Mm -hmm. way off. And you can kind of go capture it and sit there and camp and wait for people to come and get it. You can't really do that um, in Destiny, at least in the maps that I played. Uh, So, to me, there was a kind of a nice little twist on the typical domination mode. Uh, And then there's another another mode that I played where teams took turns uh trying to basically arm and detonate charges around the map and that was a little more typical Mm -mm. um i think the one thing i would say that i noticed right away and again because i did not jump in until the next day was that and a lot of people were already like way leveled up was that i felt like i really didn't have much of a chance against like (laughs) the people who had leveled up which was my big criticism with the first destiny's crucible was it, the more you played, it felt like you had an advantage. And they did try to change that and nerf it, ultimately. Yeah,
1: well, but I to mean, make it it, more level played, that was mainly, know? like, which weapons you had. Yeah. Uh, because none of the perks or stat things matter in, in multiplayer. Right. But there was always that period, and especially early on, and every time they patched the weapon, which it was always the weapon that was better at doing kind of the flat damage yeah. faster than, you know, for a while, I think it was the scout rifles were obscene, and then then it was the revolvers, and then, like... Every time they'd fix something, another weapon type became like, oh, we can exploit the way they'd patch this to make this unfair. And so that would keep happening. Um, I don't know if that'll be a similar problem here. Uh, I had that problem. Like,
0: uh, there was a couple times where literally I had the bead right on someone's neck, fired a whole clip, starting at the neck, and as it raised up into his head, he shrugged it off and shot me twice and I died. And I was just like, wait, what the hell, man? Sounds
1: like day one Destiny. Yeah,
0: it it did remind me a lot of that. Um, I played maps on Earth.
1: Oh, okay. That's pretty
0: freaking crazy. That made it feel not all that much like Destiny to me, because mm. you're kind of used to this sci-fi. And it was like futuristic Earth, yeah. so it didn't well, look yeah, like... Yeah, I mean,
1: there were there were Earth maps uh, in the first game. But there were, were there? Yeah, in the Russia, the Cosmodrome.
0: Oh, that's right, that's right, I forgot but about that. But they were that.
1: just like burned out scrapyards, I mean, yeah it's not, it's not like they looked like home.
0: This looked like Earth. Yeah. Like a little bit of maybe... It looked like maybe Tokyo now. Mm. <laughs> Uh, kind of in that vein. Uh, I had fun with it. I, I didn't feel like I- it was kind of fair for me to play, so I think I got frustrated with it a little bit uh, c- quickly. I'm probably going to give it a whirl this weekend when there's more players on, and hopefully some players who are mm-hmm. my level that I can fight against.
1: Yeah, my uh, I th- and part of it is, I think, um, like I ran into this problem playing the, the strike, was the stuff my character had was not the stuff I'd choose my character to have were I building this character up from scratch. Right. So I didn't feel like I was equipped the way I'd want to be equipped to do this stuff. Yeah. Which is probably a factor there too. Yeah, yeah. Of course.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had no loadout. I was just Mm -hmm. getting started and I was just using whatever, Mm basically, I was handed uh, default to my class. Um, But other than that, it felt Crucible felt pretty much the same to me. I didn't Mm -hmm. really notice a lot of major changes to it, uh, which I'm a little disappointed by, but again, it's just a small slice of it. Um, obviously, when we get the full thing, and maybe even this weekend, when I have a chance to sample more of it, my opinion of it will change. Uh, but based on my limited play so far, I
1: uh, it felt a lot like
0: the first game. And anything else you want to add about the strike?
1: Um, All really. right, yeah, I did like that. Uh, there, there's some sections in the strike where they're basically like, "Get here," and like it's, it's not like a you know because before the, the the strikes and the other one kind of guide you through each yeah. corner almost. And in this one, at one point, they're just like. Get there. Here's the waypoint. And get like, there however yeah, you can. Just get there. and so like we had to like kind of run our way. and we're, it was the middle of a big battlefield between Vex and uh, and uh, uh, Cabal and we basically had to like sprint across no man's land and deal with anything that came out of the trenches at us yeah. and it was pretty cool. Like it was, it was uh it was like the the strikes in the first game didn't always have something like that and there were a lot of nice little boss encounters and. Uh, I like the way the shield guys work now. Like you hit the little, like weak spot in the middle of the shield and like knock them back, and they'll drop the shield. So it's, can, it's just like it's. They've made kind of the the enemies a little more interesting in terms of how you exploit their weaknesses. Uh-huh. And the other thing I really liked was the scions, who are the the, the long range guys from the psychic guys for the cabal. Um, not only are they better snipers, but they, they've always had like the, the, sci- like the blast thing yeah. that would usually in the first game would just hit you. Right. In this one, it pops you up. Oh really? So if it you, juggles you? So if you get hit with that, it pops you up and all the other Cabal can get a clear shot at you. What? So it's basically there to like fuck your cover up. Wow, and I, thought interesting. That was, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that they've, basically, they've, they've redesigned a lot of the, the various enemy types to be a more effective combined arms force. And that's a really cool thing. It uh, is. It do. is. Yeah, no turtling. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is great. And they know it, and
1: because they'll, they'll shoot at you, but they'll they'll try to pop you if they if you're hiding behind stuff. And right? the AI, you... and
0: again, the AI is is great in this, from what yeah. I've played so far. I mean, you toss grenades, they run away from the grenades. I got flanked by them a bunch of to- a bunch of times. Um, but they're also not, the other thing I loved about the AI was that they don't know where you are all the time. Yeah, It doesn't cheat, where, like, if you're buying cover, they're, like, Mm. firing into that cover knowing where you are. And sometimes they,
1: like, we were fighting a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Cabal, but they they were fighting Vex, uh, and one of the Vex guys that showed up was one of the big, the big guys. Yeah. And, uh, most of the Cabal guys were not interested in us. They just yeah, wanted they were to like, take down. They Do we wanted to take him down yeah. first before they came after these little dudes in the coat, the little dudes in coats. Like, yeah, you know yeah. That? But I appreciated that. Like, they would only break off at us if we were an immediate threat to them, which was nice.
0: I was able to flank enemies, and in a lot of games when you flank enemies, as soon as you appear, they know where you are. Mm-hmm. And they start shooting you. And this one, like, I flanked around the side and just stood there and looked at them, and I had no clue where I was. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Bungie's doing a great job on the AI with, with this game. I would expect nothing less from Bungie. They're kind of the pioneers in intelligent AI and first-person shooters, so uh, that's kind of what I would expect from them. But I feel like they've done a great job. So mm-hmm.
1: by all accounts, man, I'm pretty excited for Destiny 2. Yeah. It's a good... Uh, it was it was not at all disappointing in terms yeah. of like, what I was hoping for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pleasantly surprised, I think, is the way I would put it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll see you guys online this weekend. Again, it's open, I think, starting today. I think so. Either today or tomorrow. So anybody can jump in. And wait, is Xbox One as well? And PC? When PC's I've... much later, right? Yeah. I've... Xbox lot... One, I think, is today? I know PS4 got a jump start on Xbox One. Yeah, I For don't me. know.
1: Yeah, I I, you could put. I know when I put my code in, you could pick any of the three, but yeah. there's nothing to indicate which ones were this week.
0: Yeah. And if you get a code, be careful not to pick the PC version because that beta doesn't start for like weeks, so uh, you'd be <laughs> out in the cold and not able to play. So maybe we'll see you guys online this weekend. Hop on. I'm Dinfire. You are. Hmm. Your gamer tag. Well, I tend to keep that. Uh, okay. Under wraps. Fair enough. But I thought with the new options, though. You can just kind of, kind of like Facebook. You can just follow people and. A lot more flexibility in how you handle friend requests now.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, I've got some people on my list that don't want their tags known, so got there's it. a lot of privacy. I would probably—that's
0: probably the same for me, but whatever. <laughs> well, you keep it. You keep your friends
1: list private, I think.
0: Yeah, I do. I keep everything private. I have to because if people can see like achievements and stuff, right, like, Because you
1: do—you do pre-release stuff. So yeah. yeah,
0: and like yeah. I used to like turn it off and then turn it back on, but it's just turned into such a pain in the ass. I'm always playing advanced code that I just leave all that stuff turned off now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when I was playing Splatoon, like, I had everything turned off, and it's a pain in the butt to go turn it all back on, so I leave all that. But, you guys can friend me. Like, you're you're totally able to friend me. I am Dinfire. Uh, send me a friend request if you haven't already. I'm already friends with tons of people from Sifted, so join the squad. <laughs> uh, let's move on. You're going to totally carry this next conversation. Hmm. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 at D23. A huge trailer was released yeah. for Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, the main theme was... 20- really a scene. Yeah, probably. yeah. Yeah, the main theme was Toy Story. Yeah. Um, But along with that, so much more came out of D23 about this game. Not the least of which is a release date of
1: next year. Uh huh. Do you believe that? No. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think anybody does. I mean, I believe that like that's what Disney wants it to come out in, and my you know we we say it all the time. I'll see in Q1 2019 because that means Disney is counting on the revenue from that in their fiscal year 2019 which ends at the uh, end of March 2019, which means they can push it that far before it becomes a financial issue for Disney. Yeah. um, And the shareholders. So they can say 2018. I'm sure they are going to try, but I feel it's going to slip to Q1 2019.
0: You know one thing I noticed, Which is better than never seeing
1: it. I mean, great. They're giving us an actual date. Great. I mean, no no complaint there. But I don't believe we'll see this next year.
0: Do you know what I, I realized watching this trailer, though? Hmm. is remember all those years ago that sony promised toy story level graphics oh, yeah. that was that the ps2 or ps3 ps2 it was a ps2 yeah
1: Emotion the engine they've done it
0: finally well
1: with it's pretty close to the first the lighting toy story. isn't the lighting's not anywhere near yeah it. but think i mean about, in terms of quality of the models sure i mean like for there. the first toy story yeah yeah i mean but, like, the, steer- the sequels got way better right but you're still not matching the lighting from the first i mean you you it would take something seven, eight teraflops to do Toy Story 1 in real time. Still, though. But pretty looks, impressive. I mean, they look like themselves, and they don't look like they've been compromised right. for this. So, yeah. yeah. They look really good.
0: It only took two more hardware cycles for Sony yeah. to get there. I, <laughs> mean, this uh... is, I mean,
1: Pixar stuff in Kingdom Hearts is one of the most requested things for years and years. So yeah. We're, here we're, fi- we're finally getting it. That's cool. The other interesting thing about this trailer was... Uh, so apparently uh, they really didn't go for a Tom Hanks soundalike for the Japanese voice of uh, Woody in, uh, for that movie. Yeah, apparently.
0: I'm actually surprised that they uh, have not released an English version of this yet.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the issue... I mean, probably you don't want to bring Tom Hanks in until it's time to do the Do you think they're thing. really going to use Tom Hanks for it? They used the official voices for all of them on the dubs for this series. Interesting. I mean, like Jeremy Irons has been doing... Uh, Scar forever, and I mean, James Woods did uh, Hades, and I mean, if if, I mean, everybody comes back and does all these things, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I don't think they got Johnny Depp for no surprise there, yeah. But for the most (laughs) part, like, if if they're still alive, they do the voice, yeah. It's Disney,
0: yep. So, as someone who's played a ton of Kingdom Hearts, I am not that person, you are. What are your impressions of this? Because we see a ton of gameplay. This isn't just about Mm -hmm. cutscenes showing off Toy Story, they show a lot of the game.
1: Yeah, um, I mean clearly the battle system has been there for a long time. Um, we saw that in that twenty thirteen trailer. Yeah. And, uh I mean it's co- It looks really chaotic. Yeah, it does. Um, like to the point that it almost doesn't look quite like Kingdom Hearts to me, and like I'm I'm beginning to wonder like. Are they just sort of doing stuff to show off? Like, where are the damn Keyblades, people? Like, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what I think about this. Like, it seems really wacky. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy and strange and like like this is like yeah like it doesn't really, I mean, it looks cool in the sense that it's cool to be watching it happen, but it doesn't really look like something I'm all that interested in playing. Well, I think Does oddly enough, sense? I would
0: say that I'm more interested now, because it the other Kingdom I mean, Hearts kind cool, of bored cool. me. And now it looks like they're, the combat's a lot more robust, a lot more well, diverse. This is,
1: this is very much in the, along the lines of how it's been evolving since 2. I mean, this is not like a crazy leap in, outside of like how much is ha- the power of the you new know, systems are obviously... Letting them do a lot more crazy, like yeah, yeah, flashy yeah. stuff. But I mean, Kingdom Hearts 2 to Birth by Sleep to Dream Drop Distance, this is not totally, like, out of left field. Like, they've been kind of making it, making it into this as, as you go. Uh, obviously not to this degree. But, um... I don't, know, like, I don't know. Like It's it's I, I it's hard to look at this and understand quite how it works, yeah. I guess would be how I'd, how I'd put it. And so like I kind of reserve judgment until I get my hands on it.
0: I mean, one thing I would say is watching this
1: new footage, it does seem to be pretty far along. Yeah. Maybe 2018 isn't completely insane. No, I mean, well, if I didn't think it was... This far along makes me feel like Q1 2019 is not insane. Yeah. Um, and clearly, if they're going to say that Disney has decided this is the fiscal year this game comes out in, which means they must have proven to them in some way that, like, we can hit the milestones for this. Yeah. Um, and Nomura, I, Nomura also had a fairly uh, weird, I thought, interview where they asked him about, like, why is it taking so damn long? And he basically throws management uh, at Square under yeah, the bus. Yeah, he did! And so, which is very un-Japanese. Oh, I know. Business, I was shocked by practice. that. Yeah. And um, it's just like, don't talk to me, talk to them. They screwed it up. and like, yeah. And it's just like, whoa, <laughs> dude, like... That's what I would saying. Just also, bro. If I had just taken fifteen years to get two (laughs) games out, that one of which became a different game, and the other one's not even out till next year, I would not be running my mouth like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Yeah, Because your main claim to fame is how many belts you can draw. So yeah, that's throwing some rocks (laughs) from a glass house right there. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know how wise that. You know, I feel like if you keep that up, they're gonna. They're gonna, uh, you're, Nomura's going to go off and start his own studio, as they say, which is the developer equivalent of going to live on a farm. Right. Um, (laughs) and, um, apologize for the coughing. I'm still, uh, getting over the thing I was. Getting sick, I was catching last year, last week. Um, that was nasty. (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what the purpose of that interview was. If, you know, if it was they also like, said that there may be a Switch version on the way, and a nah, PC nah, version. Nah. They clarified that, where they're basically like, we're looking at everything. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't believe for one second the Switch can run this game. Oh, no
0: way. Um, <laughs> I mean, they would have to it spend would... time
1: on the Switch version specifically. They wouldn't be able to I think it. it would be wise to put Kingdom Hearts on the PC. I mean, that point. would be an easy port. Um, especially if you can get the, the remasters on it as well. Like that's a no-brainer. Why would you not? Why would you close off know. that whole
0: revenue stream from the game? It, it's been in
1: development for like 9 years. Well, because the PC is not really all that important in the Japanese market. Yeah. Um, however, money's I think, money. But I think Disney like you say like yeah, Disney money's money to Disney and Disney knows there's a larger PC market out there. I'm sure there's a lot of PC gamers that have never played one of these. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That wouldn't play it they yeah. get it on the PC. So I feel like we'll, at least we'll probably see, I mean, three's coming on an Xbox and it's never been a Kingdom Hearts on the Xbox right. before. So yeah. why not? Like, you might as well. This is your last hurrah with this thing, it looks like.
0: See, this would have been a case where if Microsoft were smart, it would have just given them a ton of money to get a timed exclusive on Xbox One.
1: I just feel like they wouldn't do that because Japan would just be angry like it's, it's serious lot, money
0: can solve a lot of problems
1: yeah but it can't solve bad pr
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i think too the brand has been built on sony platforms yeah. and i i mean i can understand the argument against it but i've just microsoft to me microsoft is so desperate right now to have something to talk
1: about yeah i just don't think this is it like i as much as like you know the in-game you know the, the core gaming world talks about it, i don't think kingdom hearts is uh Particularly uh, clout-worthy outside of really? Yeah, not really. Like I don't know. I don't know anyone who plays it outside of like you know the hardcore. Anime I mean, fans they sell and, really well. They sell really well for what they are, but they don't sell like you know, Call of Duty. Call of Duty well. Yeah. Or you know, Red Dead Redemption. But well. I do think
0: that this is the type of game that could get people to buy your console, though.
1: Mm, maybe because fans of this are huge fans. Yeah, but like I, I just don't see Kingdom Hearts fans going Xbox. Just uh, they just wait. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, don't know, man. I do. You really? Could you imagine yeah. a Kingdom Hearts fan sitting there for six months or a year while Kingdom Hearts Three is available on another yeah. platform? Really? Yeah. Because well, because like, what does getting that Xbox get you? Like, they they don't want it. They don't want that system. They'll yeah. just wait, or they'll watch a they'll watch a stream. Even worse.
0: Yeah, a let's you play know?
1: or whatever. I mean, a lot of people want to just want the story more than they want to play it. You know, they want to know how to. I mean, look, if you were what if you were, let's say this does come out in 2019. Uh, if you were, uh, wow! If you were ten when Kingdom Hearts One came out, you're twenty-seven. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like you're almost—you probably have your own kids. Yeah, you're right. Now, now gonna buy you're going to Now you're finally seeing <laughs> the end of this stupid story. Uh, what uh, I mean, he—I mean, Haley Joel Osment started out voice being—he was fourteen, voicing a fourteen-year-old. He's going to end it as a thirty-year-old voicing a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. Like it's, when you break it down like yeah. that. <laughs> It's. Uh, I remember. I, I went to the Kingdom Hearts Two launch, uh, like the big launch party, and he was there. He was. He was. Uh, he would have been like uh, eighteen or something. Yeah. Uh, and I, he, I. I. He. I, I was walking through the crowd and bumped into him, and he had like he had like three alcoholic drinks in his hands, and I looked down. And I was like. Mm. And he was eighteen. Yeah. And he's just. And he's just like. Mm. And I talking, like he knew. He's like. They're not gonna stop me. I'm, yeah. I'm Haley Jill Osment. They're not gonna do anything. Yeah. Do whatever he wants. So any concerns
0: for this game, Matt, now that you've seen a big chunk of it? Um, Other than what you talked about where it doesn't it seems a little hectic for me. I mean, face. I'm I'm a little
1: uh questioning of the, the statements about how there's fewer worlds in this one, but then yeah, someone, oh yeah, that's right, yeah. but then someone reminded me that like a bunch of the worlds in Kingdom Hearts two were complete throwaway crap. Yeah. So like maybe that's not a bad thing. Right. Um, like maybe we can get away without a sing along Atlantica stage this Atlantis stage this time. Um I w I wonder what all be in, what i will be in there. Like it's kinda like uh like I was really excited about the Tron level in uh in Kingdom Wars two and it wasn't really very good. Yeah. I was really excited about this the Pirates of the Caribbean level. It wasn't really very good. Right like, yeah, you know, Toy Story doesn't set my world on fire, but it sure looks like it fits the series better than sure, a lot yeah. of those. You know, I mean,
0: that's you're... the challenge with this series in general, is that you're mashing up all these crazy mm-hmm. universes together into one thing. Yeah. And w- it's never going to be congruent. I mean, yeah. I
1: mean the, one th- the one thing is, like they're saying, you know, the, the, the worlds will be bigger and more robust and there's more to do in each one. So that's kind of the makeup for having less worlds. But that also means if you don't like a world, like, look, I'm not looking forward to spending that much time in Frozen. Yeah. Because you know Frozen is in this. It'll pro- also probably be the biggest section yeah. of the game. <laughs> people. Because <laughs> it's so big. Money, money talks. I,
0: I don't understand the fascination with Frozen. I watched it and thought it was good, but I mean, there are people that are just over the moon over that film, and I
1: never really got oh, I get, that. it, but it's like, I don't, you know, I mean, look, Idina Menzel, Menzel is really good, but like... Uh, Part of that is because there's a whole generation of parents that had to watch that movie four thousand times. Right. Because kids yeah. watch things over and over and over and over and over. Yep. When I was a kid, I did that with *The Mouse and His Child*, which is a very different film.
0: I mean, we did that with tons of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I, I wore *Charlotte's
1: two, Web*. And- *Charlotte's Webb is a good one, but I wore two tapes out on that *Mouse and His Child*. If you can find that on YouTube, try, try giving that a watch, and imagine if your two-year-old kid just would watch that over and over and over, and tell me you wouldn't worry. <laughs> um what was the one there's with, a section uh, in that that's nothing but a giant reference to Be- samuel beckett's play Endgame. yeah and like what is it doing in there i don't know but when, when i got to college we read samuel beckett's Endgame. i'm like this seems really familiar and like finally i figured out it's because it's a, like i knew it from this cartoon i watched as a kid yeah. I'm like why is that in a child's cartoon well things were darker
0: back then what yeah. was the one with uh ricky ticky tabby in it oh yeah ricky ticky tabby is that what it was called, it was called. Yeah, I mean that was dark.
1: And all, yeah, it's the, the against yeah. the cobras. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, things were different back then. Oh, yeah, you also look up. Uh, it was from one another one from the '70s, Hugo the Hippo. I don't think I ever watched uh, that. One. Which is like, I mean, there's a whole section in there where it's about a pink hippo named Hugo. But I don't, I don't remember it very well. But I do remember there's a section somewhere in the middle, near the or maybe two thirds through, which is essentially like a five minute drug trip. Music video section, which like every 70s cartoon had, it did, kind of. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, which is so bizarre, yeah. And like a lot of these things would get like like PG 13s or R's now yeah. because of the like Watership Down and all the violence. Oh, and yeah,
0: Watership Down's another and plague one, plague dogs. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. it
1: was a weird time. Life is animation. nerfed now, yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> Maybe it's for the better. I don't know. That's
1: what I thought of when I saw rabbits in the field, yeah, it's like, yeah, they probably just came from murdering another dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, that's a juxtaposition that uh, Kingdom Hearts has to deal with. Although Disney is, is, I feel like Disney has definitely become more homogenized over the years. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty sure. safe and now.
1: And there's kind of a way that these that the Kingdom Hearts games approach each property that kind of homogenizes it further inside the the license of Kingdom Hearts as well. Yeah. Um. I do, the one thing I wonder is whether you know because Disney owns all those characters. Disney owns Sora and and all yeah. those characters, but they don't do anything with them. No. And I've always been like you know I f- I feel like. Some of this stuff is ripe for exploitation in the parks or something like that. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, why is there no Kingdom Hearts merchandise at Disneyland? Why is, it would sell like crazy. Why is there no Kingdom Hearts, like, anything, anything. at, like, Tokyo Disney or Tokyo Disney Sea? Like, why haven't they done a movie? Yeah. A film? Like, I feel like, look, I feel like I'd probably go back to Japan to go ride a Kingdom Hearts ride if yeah. they put one in Disneyland over there. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just weird that Disney sort of lets this sit Maybe it's because they'd have to negotiate with Square And nobody wants to talk to them Yeah, like... yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that's probably it They've already tangled with Square enough that they're like Oh, forget it, we're not even going to go there I
1: mean, I can understand that but... Yeah,
0: yeah we, we've tangled <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Square many times We know as well as they do So uh, I would say I'm more excited for this game I've not been a fan of Kingdom Hearts in the past This mm. does look a lot more, I don't know if I want to say grown up but it appears that the game, at least the gameplay, has a little more depth to it than it yeah. did before. Well, I mean, also like
1: don't judge. Have you, have you played two? I have not. Yeah, I played the first one and never. Don't, don't it. judge the whole series by one. One is a, really an odd duck. Okay. I mean, it's practically a beta okay. for the rest of the series. Like right. I would, I would give, I would recommend going home and trying Kingdom Hearts 2 and seeing what that. So, okay. Don't try to understand it. <laughs> well, but, but just play I mean, it.
0: I think that part I got from the first right. one. Yeah.
1: But just play it, and I'm uh, really like, if you play Kingdom Hearts one and then you just play Kingdom Hearts two, you're like, what is this? Like, really? Because you're playing a totally different character with no reference to Sora or the originals, and or you know Donald Goofy are not there. There's no Disney connection. Uh, you're like, who are these people? Gotcha. Like, like oh, it's com- it's a complete uh, 180, and it makes more sense if you've played. The uh, the Game Boy game, the Chain of Memories game, yeah. but most people did not. Yeah. So you jump into that and you're like, what? Well, the whole chronology of the series is really but the point confusing. the and... once you, I think if you played two, you would. I mean, it, it two feels a lot. Frankly, it feels a lot more like God of War, like the way it plays wow, okay. is, is is more God of War and QTE oriented. Right. Uh, and I think if you played some Kingdom Hearts two, uh, you will understand. Where this, the pedigree of how we got a little, to this a better. Okay. Yeah, I would suggest because because really the other thing is like they they eliminated a lot of the stupid platforming from one because one of one's biggest problems is like the platforming's terrible.
0: It was terrible. Yeah.
1: Um, and and being a
0: big platforming fan, that was really what turned me off to the series
1: more yeah, than like anything. And so anything. with two and moving forward, they really focused a lot on uh, the combat more than anything else. Okay. So I would I would say that would be helpful in kind of like forming your preliminary opinion of what whether you you want to play 3 or not.
0: If you had to put a percentage on the chances of it actually coming out in 2018, where would you put them at? Like 40%. 40%? Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> I know the it was an internet joke for the last like week, mm-hmm. Basically, everyone just cracking jokes about. There's no way in hell it's coming out next year. No. Maybe we'll get surprised finally by
1: Square Enix. But yeah, I mean, I I guess Forty percent is a pretty high percentage for this. Yeah, in, in yeah. C- in c- considering, that's actually like encouraging. Yeah. Like I a part <laughs> of my I do believe there is a, a decent chance they could sneak it out in November. Yeah. But like I still feel like we're gonna see this is gonna be another. It's gonna be a part of the the stellar Q1 2019 lineup as Q1s tend to be now.
0: Yep. They do. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a big feature that launched on Nintendo Switch finally with Splatoon 2. Um, This was a part of Splatoon 2 that we were not able to test when we were doing the pre-release. What are you doing?
1: I was leaning into your shot by accident. So I decided to go for it.
0: (laughs) It was a part of Splatoon 2 we were not able to test before we did the reviews. (laughs) Now I'm going to start doing it to you, fool. All right. <laughs> uh, they did, it did. Yes, I did take some coding cough syrup before I came to life. <laughs> yeah, can... It did not go live before the embargo was up for the reviews for Splatoon 2. It just came up pretty much yesterday or the day before. It launched the night of the embargo lift, but it, mm. was, it wasn't doing anything. It didn't work. And then the next morning, it had actually linked into Splatoon 2. Um, and it's a little curious because I'm wondering if, it, when you actually use the app, it's a Splatoon 2 app. It's not like a general. say like general
1: like. Yeah, switch. it's like
0: it's linked into like everything you've done. And I will say the app itself is impressive. Um, it tracks so much stuff as far as what you've done in Splatoon. It helps you like set up games with, with your friends. It helps you just find games. You can buy gear and stuff like that when you're not actually playing the game. Uh, the app itself if it's just considered a Splatoon 2 app, is great. Like, I'm really impressed with it. But the problem is, is that this is also the conduit through which Nintendo's online service for Switch works. Mm. And it is... Works is a very
1: kind word. Oh my gosh, Matt. It is so bad. It is so bad, dude. It's amazing to me that it does not work if you answer texts. No, nope. it, it, no, if... if it cuts anything. anything. Yeah.
0: If anything happens on your cell phone while you're using this thing, it completely cuts or drops out. It, If the screen goes into screen save mode, it cuts out. So you're seeing here, I got this footage from a YouTuber, and he has his phone plugged in. Because if your phone is not plugged mm-hmm. in and it goes to sleep, the whole it's thing out. just craps out. Mm-hmm. Just figuring out how to make this thing work, you need to have, like, a computer science degree, Matt. I'm not even exaggerating. It is insane. Like, I almost feel like they created this app specifically
1: so a kid could never figure it out.
0: Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah.
1: No pun intended. Well, I I mean, I know some people are thinking that the, the inability for it to work in the background was some kind of bug. But then people point out it's in the FAQ. Yeah. Like, they say in the instructions, like, yeah. If you, if you do anything, it will disconnect. And it's like, so you knew. So it's like the question is like, are you stupid or are you jerks, Nintendo? Like, I don't it know. It is mind boggling. Like, why is this the way it is?
0: Why? I don't
1: get it, dude. Like, the, the
0: online chat on the Wii U was great. It was so easy. I could plug in any earbuds with a mic on it into the headphone jack on the gamepad, and it just worked. Next thing I know, I can hear other people chatting, and I can talk to people through chat. It, I cannot comprehend. Can you come up with any reason why Nintendo would do this? Unless it just doesn't want people to use voice chat. But then why go through all this? Like, whoever yeah. designed this why app. Why not have it? Yeah. Like, whoever designed this app, they might, I bet you they pulled their hair out working on this app, dude. Because there are so many hurdles to jump through to connect with people. It's like I was watching the video that we're watching right now. And uh, it was him and one other YouTuber, Dreamcast guy, trying to get it to work. And it was like comedy. <laughs> watching them try to work together, to so they could chat with each other.
1: Like, why don't you just? I I look at this and I'm just like, look, it's nice that there's like the features to connect up and that But in terms of chatting, why don't you just use Discord? Yeah, or I like, mean, or like we used to do on, on when we'd play a PS3 game back in the day, we would just form a a, a, a player lobby on the Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah, or, or use Skype over. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people who play League of
0: Legends, they have Skype open while they play, so they can still chat with their teammates or whatever. Which is another game where I'm completely befuddled why there's no official chat, although I think that it's actually coming finally. But it's it just, it's mind-boggling. It's like, well, if you've already made it easy to do chat, <laughs> why do you roll it back?
1: Is there some kind of a lawsuit that happened and Nintendo's, like, all scared about it? Like, what? I think they're just trying to keep the footprint off the Switch itself. Like, that seem, seems, or maybe battery life issues. I don't know. But then, like, they don't care about your phone's battery life. So I, don't, right. I don't have an answer for that. Like, I i don't, and you know you're never going to know it. Like, you, like, you get could ask Reggie, you have 14 different people ask Reggie this and they'll give some weird, like, vague answer every time about about the Nintendo experience or something. <laughs> I am just like my experience sucks. Like I like why can't it just work like everything else works? Like not everything has to be unique. Just yeah. because you are unique does not make you useful. I mean, I know why they haven't used a third-party plugin like Discord.
0: It's because Nintendo is, will never do control that. <laughs> over, yeah, it's, yeah. it's always going to be Nintendo's platform.
1: That's just the way it operates. Maybe but I mean it's like it, but not, like you say it's like it almost makes you think like Oh, did they make a crappy app on in, on purpose? So we'll just use Discord or whatever, and then like gets it out of their hair. But then you look at all the features the app has, other than its functionality issues. But like you look at it, how the features it has in terms of interacting with the game, and it's really cool. Oh, it's insane! So like the amount of
0: work that went into this app. They're not skimping on
1: this app in terms of what it does in, to enhance the game. They're just they've decided to gate every feature that people mm-hmm. actually want to use
0: behind this. Completely asinine user interface. And I do
1: love the the one photo that people were. It was like the the phone and the in the in the battery thing with the wire here to the squid thing to the headset to the to the mounted switch. And it's just like, play it on the train. You're like, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Like, <what> you... <laughs> nobody's ever gonna use this. No one is Maybe. ever. And the other
0: part of it too is like the limited time that I actually tested it. The audio quality. It's like it's coming through your phone speaker. Like yeah. I, you can plug in like your headset or whatever, but it's still it's like a mo. It sounds like a mobile call, so it's like muffled and compressed
1: and like, man. <laughs> there's dropping the ball, and then there's this. Yeah. And this you know is, this is. I mean, I'm I'm a giant skeptic on all this Nintendo Online stuff anyway, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad.
0: Oh, I could I could not. If if Nintendo came to me and said Shane. Make an app that people are going to use to chat live with Switch as poor as
1: possible. I could not have achieved Like this. I don't think you would have thought of, oh, what if it doesn't run in the background of anything? No. I would no, not I have didn't. entered my head. I'm like, can <laughs> you even do that? Can you make an app do that now? I figured I figure that would be like embedded at the OS level. It's like they, uh, they hired a focus
0: group for what they should do with their chat, and then they just took every suggestion that they got and just went, with the exact opposite. And they're like, okay, they want this. How can we do the exact opposite of that? That's what we're gonna do. It's hmm. insane. I cannot comprehend one, one why you would do this if you're gonna do that. Why do it at all? Just don't even allow the feature. I mean, this app company, I feel sorry for them because you know, they're sitting there going, man, this is insane. Hmm. What are they thinking? Like nobody's gonna use this. We're working on this for a year. No one's ever gonna use it for what we build it for. Um I I have a feeling that Nintendo is going to relent on this because the the backlash over this is just going to be extreme. But
1: relent and do what? Change it. Okay, so yeah. yeah,
0: they're going to have to because right now it's just the journalists complaining cuz we're the only ones mm-hmm. who have been playing, we're the only ones who got to try this. Splatoon 2 came out today. Let me tell you. There's there's <laughs> there's no fury like a Nintendo fan scorned. And mm-hmm. they are going to go crazy over this. Like, Nintendo is going to hear it over the weekend. Well, I and- hope so. I mean, I, like,
1: there's, there's a real, like, kind of um, abused spouse syndrome happening with Nintendo sometimes yeah. where I feel like, you know, these people have stuck with this company through, like, some real stupid shit. Yeah. And, like... Pactor actually made
0: that point in this Pactor Photo. No, <laughs> I didn't have a t- chance to watch it before I came over, but, yeah. like...
1: But he... Like, it's just, like... They've put up with so much stuff from this company and stuck with them through so much. Like they really deserve better than what Nintendo gives them. Sometimes
0: it's a little bit like Schadenfreude. I mean, yeah, they've it's been it's held Stockholm hostage. syndrome. I'm, yeah, they're they have fans of Nintendo, so they've essentially been held. The Schadenfreude hostage. is me. Right, right. That's, that's you're enjoying my, watching yeah. their pain.
1: Yeah, but Stockholm There's a little <laughs> bit of uh, Stockholm Kingdom syndrome, mushroom kingdom, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> mushroom <laughs> Prince- syndrome. Princess Princess Peach syndrome. Yeah. Where they keep inviting Bowser to the sports days. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I never thought about that. What
1: the, I mean, what's <laughs> that about?
0: Yeah, they hate him, but
1: come play soccer with us. There's been three separate, <laughs> times, he's, tennis, three separate times he's destroyed your house.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And you keep inviting him to play tennis. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's really funny.
1: It's so like in Back to the Future, where it's like, yeah, he tried to rape my wife in high school, but he cleans my car real good. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're on fire, Matt Kyle. Uh, yeah, I, I fully expect a an avalanche of feedback from Nintendo fans over the next three days. Yeah, I, I'd like to hear, Re, hear Reggie yeah. when he sees all these. And complaints. also, like, make
1: sure like if you are a Nintendo fan and you are upset with how this is, like, make sure to give them feedback through channels they'll listen to, yeah, like yeah. the App Store and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it'll matter, because like, the, the thing that worries me is like clearly this is intentional. Like, yeah, this is, this oh yeah. Is how this wasn't just to be designed. like, yeah,
0: I mean, they did this on they purpose. They know. Yeah.
1: So it's like, they're going to have to get like this overwhelming tidal wave of people seeing like, this is not okay. Well, I think if they so, find a
0: hashtag for Twitter over the weekend, yeah, gotta get a good everybody hashtag. rallies around, and if that thing trends, I think Nintendo will listen and I think it will change it. Mm. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that Nintendo's going to be charging for this. This is going yeah. to cost money
1: starting next year. It's cheap, it's only $20 a year, but it still yeah, costs that's, money. That makes it even better is this element of like, so how much would you pay for this Yeah, kind of thing? It's like, <laughs> mm. Nothing. I'll pay, pay a dollar to get it off my phone. Yeah,
0: I mean, how do you pay money for an online network that, where voice chat doesn't work? I mean, one would hope this would improve in yeah. the next six months. You would hope. It can't get any worse. True. Well, actually, it can. It could yeah. just be broken and not work, not it at, work all. at all. Yeah. Because once you figure out what
1: Nintendo is asking you to do with this, it does work, kind of? But it's just, I mean, the big, big, big thing is like, why doesn't it work in the background? No idea. Why?
0: No clue. Everything else on my iPhone works in the background. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, even the awkwardness <laughs> of having to hook all the things up and all the wires and yeah. the sound quality. But it's like, okay, you can put up with that just to get it. But it's like... Really? (laughs) You get a text? It's app
0: development 101. It really is. What? I don't get it, dude. Insane. So, I feel like we've berated Nintendo enough over that. Let's move on to something really awesome, which is Evo 2017. People, if you're not watching Evo every year, you are just you're blowing it. You are. You're blowing it. <laughs> like it's so freaking awesome. It's good. So I can't tell you how many times like I'd be working or doing something, and I'd be like, Oh, I'm just gonna turn on Evo for a minute. Mm-hmm. And just be like, and I'll be like oh I'll leave it in the background and you know, when the announcer hours. gets really hyped, I'll flop and then next thing I know i have sucked in for like three hours yeah. of it. Like games that I did not think I gave a crap about, like Tekken Seven. I ended up watching three hours of Tekken Seven. Like once I get to the final eight, I just watched all of it. And I would, honestly, having watched a ton of Evo, probably more than I should have, I think Tekken 7 was the best tournament of it all. And I had really zero interest in Tekken. Tekken is a game to me that was, I don't know, it's kind of a noob-friendly fighter. It's kind of Mm. one of the few button mashers left where you can mash buttons and still be kind of successful with it. Watching the best players in the world play Tekken 7, I have a whole new appreciation for it.
1: Tekken 7 is a different game when pros are playing it, that's for sure. In a way that isn't always true of Tekken. Yeah. Um... I didn't watch a ton of Tekken because, I mean, real—I I don't care about Tekken. And, I didn't either, and I got sucked it, into it. Yeah, but I have—I have a—I have, have a bias against Tekken because I'm a Virtua Fighter fan, and it will always bother me that Tekken won.
0: Well, Virtua Fighter my, is my favorite fighting franchise. Mm. It always has been. Ten years since Five came out. I know. You think we'll get another one ever?
1: No. Really? I don't know.
0: If it we, is kind of the redheaded stepchild of fighting franchises. If we do,
1: it will be like it won't be made by the people that made the others. Anyway.
0: It's not flashy yeah. enough for today's market. I don't—I no. don't think.
1: Um, but it sure was
0: good. It's so amazing. It's but, so tactical. It's yeah. like the thinking man's fighting game, essentially.
1: But uh, I mean, the star for me is always um, uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, I loved watching Street Fighter. I mean, but it's I, certainly the I, most hype was yeah. around Street Fighter. It and was this, on
0: like three TV networks at once.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I liked <laughs> like, um, the. Uh, I mean, I also I watched a lot of Blaze Blue, which did I didn't. I didn't, I didn't catch any of that. Uh, I like. Bla- I mean. I mean, part of this was also because I was, uh, that was when I was really starting to get sick. Nah. So, uh, if you really want to make your fever work for you, watch about nine hours of fighting games <laughs> in a row. Yeah. And at a certain point, your brain just doesn't know what's real. Yeah. Anymore. Um, but I th- Central Fiction, I think, acquitted itself well and the, the players did a really good job. Uh, there was a, there was a nice little internal thing where everybody hates Arakune, who's the big, the blob character. Yeah. Um, He's uh, what they call in Japan. Uh, he's a cold player, which basically means he doesn't play against. Uh, they say that other the actual individual pro players as well that play him. Basically, Arakune uh, wins by doing the same thing over and over again, regardless of who he's fighting. No. Oh. Um, he's got a curse ability that basically, once the curse hits you, you're dead. He's a cheeser, basically. Sort of, yeah, but like, it's basically one of those things where like the whole fighting against Arakune is entirely based around uh, preventing him from doing that. And if you can prevent him from do that, from doing that, great. Most people cannot, uh, and so the great fear was the top eight would just end up with like a bunch of Arakunes fighting each other. And so like people were rooting for these players that played more interesting characters, like trying to take them down. And uh, most of the time, that actually happened. So It was kind of like like on one eight, you're wait, you're you're hoping for like you know the people you're going to win to win the top eight in the first place. But then there's like a little mini story in there where people are trying, like the, the the players are trying to defeat the Arakunes in the top thirty-two. To like make the top eight more interesting, right? right. And so that was fun too. Um, and of course, the Street Fighter stuff was good. It was nice to see uh, you know, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three is the last year yeah. because Capcom's going to force Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I Lambert. actually didn't watch that at all. Who ended up winning that? Um, oh crap! Chris G lost. That's the important part. Um, who beat him? Someone in the channel know. Uh, but uh were any of
0: the old stalwarts in the final eight
1: not, not no i noticed. i mean uh not really i only saw the tail end of that because it was at 7:45 in the morning no I didn't wake up in time that'll do it but um now chris chris g lost which was uh what we were all hoping for because chris g made that game very hard to watch for a few years yeah um, with his Morgan spam technique which uh, i mean props to doing what you got to do to win nope. but, like,
0: that's all that matters in the um,
1: end Ryan Ryan LV you don't
0: get awards for style points yeah Ryan LV <laughs> won
1: the, the final the final uh, Evo for uh, Ultimate vs. Capcom 3 so it was cool um, here we we move uh, blindly into the future with infinite and we'll see how that grows yeah uh, it did look like they, they did look uh, like they'd done a little work on the faces uh, they did yeah in there they still don't quite look right but uh, I got a lot of questions about the visual choices in that game I think um, everybody does uh, What about Smash Brothers? I don't watch much Smash Brothers. I don't
0: either. Uh, I did watch a good bit of it because Smash Brothers was also on a bunch of TV
1: networks. Yeah, they were on Disney XD. And uh, one of the more interesting things early on when they announced the lineups uh, was that uh, Melee did not have its finals on Sunday. Right. Uh, Normally, you have to sit through hours and hours and hours of those damn games uh, on Sunday now. Um, See, I don't... I mean... I have always argued that Smash Brothers is a fighting game. Uh, people, there's people yeah, that say would it's not, say. but I think it is. Yeah. Um, that said, it's a different kind of fighting game than most like standard fighting games, and the the differences that it has makes it fun to play. But I don't care about watching it. Here's it's, not, an, it's not an interesting competitive spectator. Yeah, sport
0: to watching me. the high level play of Smash Brothers, and I watched like the whole, and they were great, by the way. Like I don't really? know if you watched it, but I watched some of it. I, I mean, I
1: watched. Uh, Um, Most of the top eight, uh, it was just fun to see somebody take Bayonetta to the to the to the top. Basically, I mean, well,
0: it looked like he was going to steamroll, yeah, and then they got the reset, yeah. And he had actually the crazy part here. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Disney XD, which was broadcasting this, basically, what was the guy who ended up winning? What was his name? Um, Ah. I, I can't remember. The funny part was I tweeted, you just found a new fan, and I can't even remember what his name was. But anyway, that guy was just walking through the whole tournament, had walked through that Mm -hmm. first finals Mm -hmm. match. And he was, I think the other, he needed like one more hit to basically
1: win Mm -hmm. the grand finals. He had the Batman versus Superman baseball cap on.
0: Yeah, but Disney XD cuts away to a commercial and when oh. they come back, it had been reset. The guy had come back with Diddy Kong <laughs> and had somehow miraculously come back to reset. I was like, oh wow. my God. The wor- They picked the worst time to go to a commercial ever. And the funny part is was it worse
1: when we cut than when we cut the commercial in the middle of Halo Three. It was worse. Yeah, it was worse, way worse. <laughs> I mean, and
0: the crazy part is, you can tell someone in master control was like, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" Because they only let the commercial run for about thirty-five seconds, and then came back, and it already started the reset and went into the last the last rounds. Insane, dude. I was, but even after that, like the reset match after that was just incredible. But the one thing I noticed is that. Each character has, like, two combos that they just use over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And granted, a lot of the skill that comes into play there is how they set up for those combos. It's all and- setups
1: and finding the opening and seeing right. the opening and predicting which, the Right, which the is impressive. But I mean, the mind games and the amount of, like, inputs per second are crazy. Yeah. I, it's just not particularly interesting it's to watch.
0: Because if you just watch it,
1: it's the same thing over yeah. and well, over it's just again. two characters rolling around most right. of the time. And then, like, leaping around to get position. And- yeah. The other thing is that for me, Smash Brothers is fun because of the chaos and because of the, the you know this stuff dropping down. And now he's got a lightsaber and this. Oh look, there was a bomb I didn't see. He's like that's the fun of Smash Brothers to me. And they eliminate all that in, in co- tournament competition because they want to leave the level of playing field and not have the randomness as part of it. But to me, randomness is Smash Brothers. Well, there still is so, though because of moving platforms. And- some, but not to the. I mean, for a long time, the, the tournament scene was about. Eliminating that as much as possible. Well, I mean, they still and kind of that that with Street boring. Fighter.
0: It's like Street Fighter Four. They still fight in the VR stage, you know. I mean, they try to find
1: just this. They level... I don't do that as much in Five. But I mean, like again, like in the top eight, Capcom makes them use yeah. the special stage with the the bear watching the right. The, you know, th- th- <laughs> this year is a sumo ring. Last year is a wrestling ring. Yeah. Um. But like, I like this year's stage better actually. But uh, production values at Evo this year. Way Top hot notch, huge
0: step up, really good. Um, I still felt like in a lot of the pool stuff, like you had no idea who the players
1: were. Like, yeah, well, sometimes they don't. I mean, it's, it's that's kind of the fun of pools, though, is like, especially on Friday, where it's like pools is a little bit loose. Yeah, the pools, pools, a little, little, little sketchy. Like, you know, there's a will like, we don't know what's going to happen, like maybe some guy's just going to like wander in with a glass of water. You know, well, there I are also know. some crazy people that are playing in the <laughs> pools. Like, oh, yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> some of the people that got on stage, I was like, what the hell? I mean, they had what, like
1: 2,600 people yeah, in the Street Fighter I think a lot tournament? of people just do it for fun or whatever. Oh, sure. I mean, people do it to say they did it. Right. You know, if you're going to go to Evo, why not? Yeah. I mean, How much like, is it to get into the tournament? I don't remember. It's not much. I mean, when I did it, it was like 30. Oh, Okay. I mean. That's it's, cool. not, it's not some exorbitant. Well, then you momentum. should definitely get in. Why yeah, not? If you're going, there's no reason not to. Yeah. I mean, why you, not? At the very least, like you get knocked out by somebody you know. That yeah. Fun. I, I, I've gotten knocked out of tournaments by like guys. I'm. I mean, I know a lot of those guys anyway from covering Evo back in the day with yeah. uh, G4. But like, it's fun when like Mike Ross beats you. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's like it's, it's like a badge of honor. Yeah. I got beat by. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I've, I've got beaten by some of the best guys in the game. Yeah, I've, yeah. Gotten, I've gotten beat by Mike Ross. I've gotten beat by Alex Valle I've gotten beat by Clockwork. I you know, it's great. Well, it's also fun to just see if maybe you can just land a few punches on these yeah. guys, you know? Well, and the other thing, of course, if you if you play in like a non-tournament or like, in, like a because there's always ca- friend casuals happening. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, when you're out of the tournament between matches, like you you can sometimes sit down with these guys and like uh, they'll sit there and help you. They'll play with you. I mean, no matter how big these guys, you know, Justin Wong is set there and gave me tips before he yeah. like, no, didn't have to do that yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's, but, that's uh, the great part about it's an thing. incredibly open and accepting community if you come in like with enthusiasm for it and it, that's what great. i just
0: want to say kind of in closing on evo 2017 is the vibe mm-hmm. the vibe is so positive so thick it comes through the television um and there's lots of kind of events in life that are like that where everyone's really positive and everyone's got this great energy And it doesn't come through the TV screen a lot of times, but with Mm. this, oh my gosh, like, the lead broadcaster at the end cried. ball Not just cried,
1: like, bawling. Well, Seth, I mean, Seth has been there since the beginning. I mean, uh, there's a a documentary no one can see called Bang the Machine, uh, which is about the first American uh, fighting game team that goes to Japan to compete in the tournaments there, um, first time ever. And uh, that, and he's part of that, and he's like, 18 or something in that and yeah. like he it's a it's really intense and every it's it's this scrappy kind of thing the documentary was actually it was supposed to be released in 2001 um they had a rough cut uh like a rough cut with unlicensed like temp music in it yeah um uh 9-11 happened and the building where they were cutting the the the, the documentary was basically in debris range of 9-11 and All the footage was destroyed. Everything got destroyed. The only thing that's left is this mixed down, rough cut with unlicensable music that can Uh never be broadcast. Wow. So at Evo every year the only time you can ever see Bang the Machine is if you go to Evo, they do a screening every year. Oh, wow. Because there's like seven or eight copies in existence and the only people that have them are part of the fighting game community and it has never leaked. Wow. It has never been pirated and never leaked. Because no one would ever do that because yeah. it was all community done. Right. So if you ever do go to Evo, I highly recommend going to see Bang the Machine because yeah. it's a great documentary and Seth is in it. But he's been there forever, and I worked with him a lot uh, when we were doing, this, doing Evo coverage with G4 and Street Fighter coverage with G4. And a matter of fact... Um, uh, Who right? thought it was, it was a good idea for Adam to announce Evo, by the way? That was uh, Capcom, <laughs> that I
0: think. That is insane. Like, I, you I tra- watch these guys. These announcers oh, yeah. are amazing. And it's like how could you ever how could well, you I know what it is and then say hey some guy who doesn't know anything about the game or esports should come in and be the answer for this I don't think people were
1: aware of what what the, you know I I knew and I tried to coach Adam as best I could but you can't give a guy 20 no years way. of free Fighter experience and no. you know I mean, it's not I, happening I mean I could maybe do it Yeah I but could but I never. would but I would be leaning real hard on Seth to keep I'm in up all with all of it. these guys uh, It's it, you got to know every in, in oh, and, and out Yeah it's and amazing like, how much
0: they know about every game And I will
1: game. and I will say after after that happened Adam came off the mic and he was drenched in sweat and he looks at me and just goes I had no idea it was going to be like that. It was just like it was, it was just like he it was not you know you think you I guess people thought it was going to be like oh, we're just going to talk about a video game. Right. No. No, that's not this, how it This works. is a this no. is a real skill hardcore thing. Don't do it. But um we did, suppose. We did many years of that. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Ryan Gutierrez, Gutex, who's the guy who did the floor interviews for ESPN too. Yeah. He, uh, when when Street Fighter 4 first came out, uh, Seth hooked me up with him. We were, we were at a tournament at City Walk before uh-huh. the game came out, and I'm like, I need like a pro to do like some tip videos. And uh, uh, he said, to go talk, to, go, talk to Gutex, guy, talk to him. So I talked to him, and we agreed to like, okay, let's let's do this. Let's come up. You'll come up with some tips. We'll do some shit. And so I, he came into G4, and we did some him and uh, Ben Winner was a producer I worked you know Ben Winner like did the, the the you know the, the, the hard stuff yeah. basically and, and Ryan and I did the presentational stuff and um, Ben Winter became my right hand producer for all the Evo stuff he was amazing he's the first person to do like those like boxing style intros with the yeah, yeah. competitors for the topic like he, he was like I'm gonna i want to do that so we did that and they do that to this day yeah, and yeah. that I mean it's, it's not like it's a huge stretch to come up with that idea Yeah, yeah. but he did it first somebody had to do it first and um yeah. And that was the other thing was when we did all that, uh, everyone there was so happy we were there and doing that. Right. And like, and like we were like, And early days. on, I'm like, I hope they don't <laughs> mind that we're going to take up their time doing these things and all this stuff. Yeah. And like they were like, No, you're trying to make it big. You're trying to make it. It worked. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. And um, uh, Ryan did. did yeah, Ryan Gutex did all those videos for us, and uh, now he's on ESPN too. I Cut it the wrong uh, time. It's so. great. And. Um, the uh, and I like I was saying to you before this like Seth gets got very emotional at the end. We used to we used to go hang out and drink a few beers after after we'd finish all the Evo stuff and talk about the future yeah. and stuff and you know we and you know this was the goal ESPN too like real big time stuff like this and I think one of the one of his biggest worries I think was getting it getting it there. And then not, it never happens again. Yeah. Like basically, like you got to the big time, but then the big time didn't think you were worth doing again. Yeah. So I think this year maybe he got very emotional near the end of the broadcast. Oh, he I cried. Think, he bawled. And I, th- and I think this year was maybe more important to him. Well, he because, knows because it's, it's now, good it's to hap- go now. now it's happening. It's now it's there. Period. It's yeah. it's. Yeah. And the other thing is like, remember last year? There was a big, tw- a bit of a Twitter storm when it started to air, where all the ESPN two viewers were like, "What the hell is this on my sports right. network?" Yeah. And period, every once in a while, you got people who are like, "Oh, is well, pretty good." This year, none of that. It was no just, it was just, man. it was just. There were some complaints, but most of it was people like, "Oh, this is okay." I'll, oh, this is pretty. And it was one tweet I really liked. that was like, "I have no idea what's happening on ESPN two right now, but I think I'm hyped." Yeah. <laughs> like it was. It, it was yeah. just. It's it's been fun to watch it kind of grow into its own. Yeah. And, evolve. Uh, evolve. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw it or not, but. Nielsen released a bunch of ratings for eSports
1: mm. yesterday. Did you see that? Yeah, I didn't see that. It's ugly. Cuz this one, last year's Evo broadcast was about on par with any other random thing they'd air. They actually did not release
0: uh, the ratings for Evo this year. They mm. just they were ratings throughout the whole year. And man, the ratings for eSports on TV are really really bad. Yeah. Like like the FIFA stuff gets like 30,000 viewers. <laughs> Wow, the the high. There are only three broadcasts. They all broadcast year. esports FIFA. They do. Yeah, I didn't know that. There were only which three, may be part of their problem. It could be. There are only three esports broadcasts all year that went over three hundred thousand viewers. Wow. Yeah. Do they do they do that with Madden stuff? The uh, Madden was averaging like one hundred and ten thousand viewers. I'd kind of think about watching that, but I
1: never. That's on. That, it's that was on,
0: aired on NFL Network. Look at. You can look it up on Sifted. It's a chart that shows pretty oh. much every esports broadcast for the last year and what the ratings were. And it shows total number of viewers too. It's not just like a, a point whatever rating. So Esports has a long way to go. Right. I mean but I you know turning away from Twitch. I, I did watch Smash Brothers on TV. But otherwise like I just watched everything on Twitch because you can watch mm-hmm. Twitch on your TV. There's no right. difference anymore. Like that whole barrier is just gone now. Yeah so. I mean I
1: watched the ESPN Street Fighter Top I didn't I watched Smash on Twitch. But yeah. I watched uh ESPN for Street Fighter. I left Twitch on because to give them the view, yeah, yeah. but, um, uh, I watched ESPN just because it's like, it's last year and this year I sat there, I'm like, you can't believe fighting games know, are it's on ESPN crazy. too, it's like, it's like, that was the thing I used to, you know, I'd leave geometry early to go play Street Fighter 2 on the way home in high school, yeah. and like, now it's there, I know it's, it's crazy, crazy. It got that actually d-
0: segues perfectly into the next topic, which is <laughs> video game television, yeah. um, so, esports doesn't appear to be the answer for video game television. I mean, based upon the ratings, at least. I mean, it's going to grow ultimately, and it's going to get bigger yeah, on television. Look, if the, if the, if, look, the networks if the, aren't
1: giving up. No, if the World Darts Tournament can be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. By yeah. the way, I want to go to the World Darts <laughs> Tournament. I don't know if you've ever seen this. But I have
0: watched it before. But yeah. it's
1: like it's a bunch of like weirdos like throwing darts at the one end of the yeah, room. Yeah. The rest of the room is like Viking long tables that go to the end of this giant it's just hallway. A party. And just everybody's sitting there with giant pitchers of beer. I'm just like, this looks like the greatest sporting event like of fun. all time. yeah, yeah. No one's even looking at the darts.
0: But you're right, and if you look, I'm sure dart tournaments don't get great ratings either. So I, I and networks are still going all in. Every week more networks are announcing uh-huh. more esports on television.
1: And Evo got Geico this year. That was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, had a
0: huge sponsor. Um like I said, some of these grand finals were on like two and three television networks. Yeah. Like it's pretty crazy that it, they're not giving up. They they see I think if you go to Evo, you see the possibilities mm-hmm. uh, for video game television, competitive video game television. You can see what it can do. Um, and I think that they're, they know that there's something bigger coming for that. And hopefully they stick to their guns and keep investing in it. Uh, but what I wanted to talk more about specifically uh, with this topic is general video game coverage on television. Mm-hmm. Um, so IGN launched its show on Disney XD this week. Um, i was shocked to find out i did not know this that it is a nightly show yep i thought this was like once a week
1: oh no you get it and then i mean and so uh a lot of the people behind the production of this show are X play well you get the graphics look like x Play's graphics i mean it's an x it is the whole
0: thing it's like the same graphics package as x-play I was shocked by that.
1: Look, that's yeah, that's literally the the, the wipe. Yeah, um, I mean, it's the
0: same exact like wipe that we they use on X Play after I had left there. Actually,
1: no, while I was there, we had one just oh, like yeah, that we did, too. Yeah, we did that with the cardboard. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> um, but no, this is by uh, a lot of people that worked on X Play. Yeah. Um,
0: Which makes sense because one of our friends is producing the show, yes, and it, several that's of our how friends. that's how it works. It's like. Whoever produces it just hires the people they've worked with before because right. they're comfortable with them, they know their capabilities, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
1: And in fact, uh, full disclosure, I will probably end up writing some stuff for this at some point. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a small industry. We it all know is. each yeah. other, and you go to the people you trust to do the job right.
0: Yeah. Well, when your ass is on the line, right. you don't want to mess around with people who may not know and what they're doing. When you're on Disney X, I mean,
1: this is basically a recreation in some ways of the daily version of X-Play from 2008, yeah. which was hard. A yeah. ton of work. And it was and like, three days a week, right? Five,
0: five. It was five? We
1: did five days a week.
0: And then it was eventually cut to three. Is that right? Well,
1: one, after a year, they laid off half the staff and we went back to three times a week. Yeah. Because we've been three times we a week. We always did forever. three times a week, yeah. Because yeah. we, we went to three times a and week. And that was hard. We went to three times a week from one to save ourselves from having another show put on. Right, right. Because remember, they brought that show from Britain. Yep. And they're like, we're going to put this on twice a week in addition to Extended Play and call it Extended Play Extra. And we're like, people are going to think we made this and we don't want that. So we'll just do two more shows a week. Yeah. Now, to be fair, at the time, we had so little to do making one show a week that Wednesday was literally the day Greg Bemis and I would play Warcraft 3 all day. (laughs) But three three times a week became the norm. Three shows a week was tough. Yeah, but we did five a week daily in 2008. So we would shoot them at like 7 in the morning get them finished in post, try as live to tape as we could, get them finished by noon, and they would air that afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, Pacific time. That was tough.
0: See, he- here's the problem that you have when you're doing five shows a week. You're doing stuff like this.
1: Yeah, there's not enough.
0: <laughs> it's like, what does this have to do with video games at all? Nothing. It's like, you could take anything in there. You could take a hairbrush. It really brush. is
1: the X-Play. <laughs>
0: it, I know. It's exactly the same graphics package. But what? this has really no business on a video game show. Zero gravity playing Switch. What's the difference between having a Switch in your hand and a hairbrush or your cell phone? This is what happens, though, when you have to create this much content. Even doing three shows a week, Uh. running editorial for those shows was a nightmare, man. Because there just aren't enough games coming out to float three shows a week. So we'd have to really start digging into, like, the B-tier games, which don't even exist anymore. Um, And instead, you end up doing stuff like this, which is completely irrelevant. Look, this is on Disney XD, and I get it. You know, a lot of this stuff is going to be targeted towards kids. I mm-hmm. mean, um, kids will watch this and love it. They'll be like, "Oh my god, they have a switch in zero gravity!" But for people like us, there's really no point in watching. Yeah, I don't something think. Yeah, like I
1: don't think this is for us in a large way, and like. Um... Um, I think part of this has to be IGN trying to age down a bit because I don't think a lot of younger kids watch like do, do IGN. No, I mean you know? they watch YouTube. Right. Yeah. So this is kind of like the attempt to move in that direction. And look, I think this also this also goes up on online every day. Yeah, well. it goes on YouTube. It's channel. not like you have to have d- cable to see it. Right. Um, which is smart, probably. Uh, Isn't going to work. I don't know. Um, it, it seems like it's going to cost... It seems like it costs a lot of money. Oh, yeah. It would have to, I would think. Oh,
0: you can tell. I mean, if you're doing five shows a week, and you're flying... There's five hosts, mm-hmm. and you're flying them all over the place. Because, you know, later in this episode, they go to, like, VidCon, and, you know, they're going to Comic-Con, and it's... Yeah, the cost of doing this show is extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't got the money, so... So is Disney paying for the show to be produced, though, or is IGN paying for the show to be produced? I don't know. I mean, you would think it
1: was IGN (laughs) that's paying for it. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen their their books.
0: So one thing I will just say immediately is that it's good that there's a video game TV show, Mm -hmm. and props and kudos to IGN. I'm glad it hasn't been for a while.
1: Right? How long has it been since there's been a video game TV show on the air? Probably since when, when did game trailers TV stop? That's probably the last one.
0: Yeah, that was twenty
1: thirteen. I guess yeah, thirteen was the year after X play stopped. Yeah, and then, like Reviews on the Run has been off TV for, a, for while. a while. I mean, I think Vic still does stuff in Canada, though. Oh yeah, they still, but they're not on TV. Oh, they're not on TV at all anymore. No, they're all online. Oh, okay. Running, I think you'd I like to get back on TV. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But, I mean, the show Reviews on the Run, you know. You know, formerly known as a, the artist, and formerly known as Electric Playground, etc. Yeah. I mean that's been continually running without a break since yeah. like nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it's insane how long it lasted. I mean, Vic Vic Lucas is the the Grand Duke of video game television. He really is, yeah, and a great guy to boot. Oh yeah, but. Um, yeah, I don't think anything's on TV right now. So, so yeah. so There, there are, was, I mean, there was... Uh, I worked on a couple things on Fusion that were video game TV, but there were, there were one-shots or, like, limited series. Specials or They, they weren't, like, a continuing series, series. Without, a, without an end date.
0: Yeah. And so I'm very happy to see video games on television and a TV show. And I think IGN's doing a good job producing the show. The production mm. values are good.
1: Um, like whatever you think about the angle of the content or the, the target, targeting of the content, like this is made by good people.
0: Yeah, well, we know the people like, making yeah. it. So they know what they're doing. They've been doing it a long time, the production values are good. The hosts seem to be OK so far. Uh, some of the stand-ups are a little canned and seem a little I don't know, they'll get better as they go. because little, I, I'm guessing a lot of these people aren't really talent. No. I mean, Naomi is, obviously, because yeah, she but, really has been the only traditional talent that IGN has had all this time.
1: But a lot of people that started, that became talent, were not. I mean, Morgan started in IT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Tech TV used to take its talent from wherever they found it. Like, they weren't afraid to put, you know, non-trained talent yeah, on it. Yeah, I think that was part talent, of the so. allure. It was yeah. a
0: It was kind of a genuine article-type deal. Yeah. And maybe that's one place where I would criticize this show, is that... And again, it's for kids, so I get maybe it being a little more polished and fun makes sense. But I feel like it's missing what's happening in games now, Mm -hmm. which is that the kind of more raw, more ragged, more real stuff is what people are really kind of resonating with. And it's a little weird to see... This extremely polished kind of Hollywood-style production values in a video mm-hmm. game show that just launched in 2017.
1: Well, I think that's the kind of the experiment here, isn't it? Is like, can you can you take this subject matter and put that professional slick on it and have it still play? Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're the ones to decide that. Really, it's like it's the younger audience is going to accept it or reject it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we're not the ones who say to accept it for rejected, but we are the ones who need to figure out how to make the content for those people. Right. I mean, you're not going to hire some 18-year-old YouTuber to produce a show that has a million-dollar budget or, you know, $200,000 budget per episode. But I think
1: you hire hire, a... Consultant. Consultant, yeah. (laughs) But you hire, like, millennials that, like, you know you can listen to when you have to, you know, like, people that know... They're, not every YouTuber just doesn't know why they're doing how, what they're doing. Oh, that's understand understand yeah. I think they've got people to understand why the content works beyond just it looks shitty. You know, so There's it's, it's more to it than that. Yeah. And it's all on the personality. You know, it, 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 the, the personality thing was becoming a thing as our shows were winding down, too. Or it was more about who was saying it than what they were saying right. in some ways. Um, or people, you know, there's a couple really high-profile YouTube guys and Twitch streamers I know... Who will flat out, if you ask them in private, ask them about, like, you know, what's your job? He's like, my job is to be a fake friend yeah. to people I don't know.
0: And look, one thing that they're, they're getting right in this episode is they're talking, they're at VidCon, they're talking to YouTubers, mm-hmm. and this whole segment is, what do you need to do to become a successful YouTuber? And mm-hmm. this will definitely resonate with the tween audience, because yeah. everybody wants to become a superstar. Right. Everyone wants to become an Instagram star, a YouTube star, or whatever, so a segment like this, right in the wheelhouse. This oh, yeah. is a really, really good idea to do something. This is
1: absolutely games. video games. No, yeah, it is. No question. Yeah,
0: but how do you continue that on a show that is five days a week, 22 minutes a day? Uh, I'll let
1: you know when I find out, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, I and I think know. that's
0: a question. Like, where? I, I mean, I hate to say this, but I feel like in this format, this show probably isn't going to rate extremely well.
1: What am I looking at? I don't know. Um, I mean, you might be right, uh, but there's also an element of you know finding its feet. And uh, this is the first. I gotta stop week's looking episode. at B-roll because I'm just getting distracted. <laughs> um, uh, it's gonna find its feet. The, car- the, the the hosts will find their personality and kind of be, you know become known. And like I think you you kind of go from there. It'll it hopefully it's given enough time to evolve into uh, its final form. So well, I don't think
0: you invest this much into something and not give it a real chance. You'd like.
1: I mean, I'd hope they give him like a year.
0: Right. At least. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so we'll see. Yeah. There, a lot can happen to the dish. if you're making five of these things a week for a year. A lot can change in a month. That's, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a long time. Yeah, it's, uh, again, I mean,
0: really excited to see video games back on television with a regular show. Yeah. That is something that we need. And it'll be interesting to watch it evolve and see how IGN kind of tweaks it. And I mean, they'll have
1: more shows than we have in two and a half years in five months. No, you're right. You're so... absolutely right.
0: But they won't have as many hours.
1: True. Because it's just 20, but who 22 does? minutes.
0: Yeah, nobody. <laughs> nobody got as many hours as we got. Yeah. <laughs> So I yeah, wish IGN well. I hope the show, I hope I'm wrong and I hope the show actually rates really well right out of the box because that's just going to kind of convince both IGN and Disney to invest more into it yeah, to make like, it even better. Um, we'll I, never back, know. Back
1: when I was do, me and back when I was doing some stuff that aired on Disney XD a few years ago, like the talk was all about how Disney XD is in trouble and right. looking for something to kind of save it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's still true I haven't kept up with uh, with that gossip. Yeah. But um, I don't know if they're if they're willing to take risks on shows like this like um, maybe they're in a better position
0: yeah so good luck IGN hope it goes well good luck to our friends working on the show Mm -hmm. as well uh we know that they know what they're doing uh it's just it's a changing environment yep now and I think that's the challenge with the show is how do you incorporate how things have changed because what I'm seeing right now is it's x-play I mean it really
1: Mm kind of is what we were doing we never had that budget Right, we never had the budget that they have. Yeah, we, we would have never gotten gotten on the zero g plane. Yeah, not not, <laughs> not unless Activision rented it out for one of It'd the Call of Duty events. Exactly. Or
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't. They wouldn't have just paid for us to go do it. That's for sure. Yeah. And we would never have five hosts on the show either. It was. That's yeah, I mean, the... I like
1: that though because I've always felt like kind of a crew that has different tastes and different personalities and yeah. can kind of discuss things and have likes and dislikes like. I, I, I felt like especially in the last few years of X Play that like the idea of the unified voice of the show was an outmoded conce- concept. Yeah. And I think YouTube and Twitch have and and how um mainstream even games media have become so personality driven. Yeah. I feel like that I because mean, look, man, we could have done this show in two thousand four. Right. If if they were willing to let kind of the people on the show be people from the right. show. Right. Thing, you know what I mean? Um, and that just was not an interest they had, because that's not how television was done. But yeah. I think uh, we, we tell constant stories about how we wanted to do things that weren't done in television, and we were told no, and now it's the standard.
0: It is, yeah, I mean, over and over again. Matt, one, one last thing before we move on. How do you feel about the fact that no, none of IGN's editorial is a part of this show? Wasn't James Duggan editorial? Mm, I mean...
1: He is part of editorial.
0: Yeah. You never really see him on their podcasts or... You know, no, but I mean... He doesn't really review games. Like, he does Let's Play stuff.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, he comes from that world. He worked in that office. He, yeah, he was in that <laughs> office. He, was, he worked in San Francisco at IGN. It counts.
0: <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what like, you mean. Like, where are their big editorial guys? Like, it, it, and look, I get it. They're older. And it's off- Disney XD. Yeah. But... I feel like even if you just give them like uh, sixty seconds for one of the editorial guys to come on and say, "Hey, this is what's going on in the real mm-hmm. shit this today." Oh, maybe they will. I don't know.
1: Like the, the other thing, is, it, of it adds most, some credibility. Most of those guys are up in San Francisco, and you're on a Daily Show in LA. Uh, it's look, they have it, tons of gear up there. It's very easy for them to shoot something. Yeah, and but just they're send have the to footage to do I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes like more of a standard thing when big games start coming out. But right now, yeah. nothing's coming out. Yeah, yeah. So you know. It it feels like maybe we'll we'll keep an eye out and see if that starts happening in August and September. Yeah, Um, that seems like a pretty easy fit for like when the big stuff starts coming out. Um, Also, I feel like I feel like there's there's an emphasis on like kind of keeping it younger and keeping it diverse. And uh, there is a tendency for, you know, the editorial boards of, these, of our various media places we've worked at to be uh, 30-something white guys. Yeah. You know, like, and if you yeah. want to know what, what we think, you can tune into any other podcasts in gaming yeah. much so. But I think they're behind the scenes at the very least and kind of making sure everything's cool. Well, I think with the audience, too, like if you're talking about young kids and tweens, mm-hmm. do they
0: really care about the integrity? No,
1: but no. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't be right. No. Yeah, he still he still you know. Mr. Rogers knew that the kids weren't gonna pick up on all the weird things, but he still did it right. Yeah, yeah. And I you know, IGN is so careful with their editorial reputation that I can't believe that every single word from these shows isn't going through with San Francisco like you know, with a fine tooth comb anyway. So yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they're doing the, the the diligence on it. Um but it would be nice to see a little more kind of in depth uh, opinion piece stuff, even well, if, if, even if it's not from guys from the San Francisco Editorial Office, and it's just the hosts kind of become that. Uh, right, that would be. Right. The, I mean, I feel like that's a such a standard element of game discussion and coverage now that that's going to happen as the, there's also as, a as, danger. As the there's a along.
0: danger in doing that too, though, because I don't know anyone who works on that show as far as the talent's concerned. I've never met no, any of them anymore. in person. I don't know how hardcore they are into games, but the danger of letting the talent Express opinions if they're not particularly
1: informed mm-hmm. is that you know, they could be exposed a little bit. Right. Um, so I don't. I don't know any of those. I know I've met James once, uh, and he knows his stuff for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know any of the others. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see.
0: I mean, Alana seems to know her stuff. I've seen her on podcasts. Yeah. I mean, so... I don't.
1: I feel like uh, you know we both know the guy running the two guys running this basically, yeah, yeah. and I don't think they would hire people that didn't know their stuff. Yeah. They, they know that that's important they yeah. they you know, well as you said, there is the editorial backbone back in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, they can kind of keep a, an eye on things, so to speak, yeah. so but you're right if you get someone that doesn't know the ins and outs tremendously, but I think you know even if it's just people that it's have,
0: very easy to be exposed in right. gaming
1: because you can literally say
0: one sentence that just shows your whole hand mm-hmm. it, it literally it could take one sentence out of your mouth, then they're like, oh, the red flags just go up you're like, oh, obviously you're just." Right. A pretty face on camera essentially. So there's a little... I worry about it every time we go <laughs>
1: on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had a panic attack last night, just thinking <laughs> about doing game Face today. Alright, let's move on. We're gonna get I'm gonna give you my final thoughts on Splatoon two. This is not going to last very long because obviously I've talked about it I think two weeks in a row now. Um Game Eval went up. I think it's one of the longest Game Evals I've ever written. In hindsight I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> When I started going back and trying, I was like, this is really long. Maybe I should cut it down a little bit. It's I it felt like everything that I mentioned was kind of essential to whether somebody would want to buy it or not. So I ended up leaving it kind of as is, raw. Uh, probably the most informative review of this platoon on the internet. <laughs> I'll say that much. Bit of, a, it, bit of an opus. Yeah, it really went into, like, every little detail of the game. Um, but I will say, after now that I've kind of gone through the whole Splatoon 2 experience, minus the voice chat part of it, which is terrible, um... I think the game's really freaking good. I got completely addicted to the multiplayer. I'm still addicted to it, um, and I think uh, maybe a big part of it is just it's so damn different. Like, there's just no other game like it. Um, and I think another big part of it too was playing with a lot of journalists who were pretty good at the game and wanted to play as a team and just weren't concerned about getting as many kills as possible. Um, I really like it. I really recommend it. Like, I. I don't know. I might say it's the most fun I've had playing my Switch so far, Matt. And I know that's sacrilege with how much people love Zelda. Um, Zelda, certainly, the far more engrossing, uh, deep experience. The the far more moving experience. But But as far as... Not the
1: grosser experience. No,
0: no. But as far as just having pure, unadulterated fun with my Switch, I've had more fun with this game than any other so far. More than ARMS. More than Mario
1: Kart, because I'd already played the hell out of Mario Kart on the Wii U. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the game, but I am going to pick up my uh, Amiibos from uh, uh, Best Buy today. Yeah. And the Amiibo do some really cool
0: stuff in this game as well. Um, I realize a lot of people watch Game Face, but maybe they don't read our evals or whatever. Or maybe they to- they tuned out halfway through that eval because it was so long. Uh, but I do recommend this game. Like, to me, this is probably the second best Switch game on the market. Um, and certainly, as far as longevity... Campaigns not going to last you all that long, but if you like the multiplayer, I mean Nintendo supported the first platoon so well with DLC. That's what again why I feel confident in recommending that people buy the game because I think the first platoon launched with five or six maps. By the time it was all over, there was 15. Hmm. And this one launched with eight. Two of those were old maps from the first game, but you know, even eight is enough to get started. Um, and just based upon Nintendo's track record with DLC for this franchise, I just anticipate this will be a game that you can still be playing like four years from now. Whereas I look at a game like Zelda or whatever, you know, once that story DLC comes out at the end of this year and DLC's done. Are you gonna play that game again? I can't
1: ever see myself playing Breath of the Wild again because it's so long. It is,
0: yeah. It's like I can't. I don't know
1: what. I can't imagine a time, even years from now, where I'd be like, you know what? I feel like doing playing Zelda for about 160 hours. Yeah, and like, it's just not gonna. Like happen. I have the
0: DLC, and I have just barely even booted it up yet because it's, it's the other part of it too. Is it, It's like overwhelming. It's yeah. like I remember when I played it, I got so caught up, and I felt like I had to stay in it to to remember what I was doing and where I needed to go. And the thought of just randomly jumping back into that world again is, like,
1: intimidating to an extent. Um, yeah. And also, it's just like, so much of Zelda's appeal has been kind of, like, seeing what's over the next ridge and stuff. And once you've already explored that, like, I feel like maybe it'll change in years when I, years from now when I forget about all that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah it gets fuzzy. Right. But. Um, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like, is there ever going to be a time where I have a hundred and something hours free to play a game I've already played? Yeah, it's tough. It's like, to... I'll
0: never play Persona 5 again. Like, oh, God, no. That's not
1: happening. God, no. <laughs>
0: One and done right Hell, there. Hell, no. Yeah.
1: Did you see that they like, some poll in Japan rated that the best RPG of yeah, all I time? Did. I did, yeah. I'm like, okay.
0: I mean, a lot of the <laughs> games on that poll, you could tell they asked, like, 15-year-old kids right, yeah, who yeah, had yeah, never no, even no, played Yeah, the there's classics.
1: a recency uh, yeah. bump happening there. But it's like, that's not even the best Persona game. I know, I know. Let alone the uh, uh, I know that.
0: But Splatoon, the other like, thing I like about it is that it's like, um, and it's one of the things I like and I also hate about it is it it moves very quickly. So mm. if you're playing multiplayer, it's like it almost feels like as soon as you really start getting into the match, it ends. Mm. But then it, it's, I feel like Nintendo's done a lot of research on this data to figure out what the ideal like match time was for this game because you never get to the point either where you're like, oh my god, I'm getting my ass kicked. Can this just end? There are moments, though, where you feel like you're on the verge of maybe turning the tide of a match and you just run out of time at the last minute. But for people who get really frustrated with shooters and, like, rage quit shooters, or like, oh, I would, you know, just quit because they're like, oh, there's five minutes left, we're getting our asses kicked. That never happens in this game. Mm. By the time you realize you're getting your ass kicked, the match ends. Uh, So the three minutes, I mean, ultimately, at first I was like, this is annoying. Like, these matches aren't long enough to form strategy. You can't form strategy anyway because you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. You, it's like it's a, it's a moot point. So um, I just feel like Nintendo just done a great job with this. It has solved a lot of the issues that I had with, uh, with the first one. Um, it's a ton of fun. The maps are way better this time. There's some maps with verticality that completely change how the strategy works. Uh, again, like I said in the eval, if you're going to buy this for a single player campaign, don't. Um, go get it at Redbox or whatever and play it for a day. You'll get through the campaign and you'll basically 100% it in like a day or two. Um, but if you're looking for a smart purchase for your Switch, one that you can spend 60 bucks on and you're not going to be done with it in a week or a month or two months or three months or four months and you've already played the hell, the hell out of Mario Kart 8, go buy this game. I think you're going to love it. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's different. Uh, it presents different strategies and opportunities. Uh, the co-op I really liked as well. It's hard as balls. I'll say that much. I was really shocked at how hard the uh, Salmon Run stuff was. And again, and a big part of why it is so challenging is because of the lack of communication in the game. Because bosses just pop up in Salmon Run out of nowhere, and each one requires a very specific strategy to defeat it. And when you can't talk to somebody, like, you can tell some people are trying to, like, motion. like (laughs) 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 They're, like, trying to pantomime to the rest of the team like what you should be doing. And I'm sure once everyone's played it, it gets easier. Everyone knows exactly kind of how to take down each of the bosses or whatever. Um, But when you're first going through everything for the first few times, it's really frustrating. Especially if you have gone through it once and the other people haven't. And you're like, come on, what are you doing over there? You need to come over here and do this. Um, So the communication is a bit of a problem in the game in general, particularly with the co-op stuff. But I'm just having a ton of fun with the game, man. It's just a blast to play. Um, and for me, even more so than the first game. So if you if you got the first game, you loved it, buy it. You probably already bought it, you're already playing it, you're not watching Game Face because you're totally addicted to it. But I think people who maybe played the first one and were, and like me, I enjoyed the first one, I didn't get addicted to it. Um, that has changed with me for Splatoon 2. Again, my second favorite Switch game on the market, and it's probably going to stay that way for a while, uh, unless Rabbids, Mario Cross Rabbids ends up being better than I, I think it's going to be. So... I give the thumbs up for Splatoon Two. You guys should go buy it if you got a Switch, if you can find a Switch. Um, and if yeah. you know, if I if someone comes to me and says, "Hey, I want to get a Switch. What game should I buy?" To me, it's Zelda and Splatoon Two. So, just my opinion, folks. Just Hopefully, you guys. Don't all... pronounce it the
1: way he does. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're gonna have a great weekend if you go buy this game today. By the way, it'll be a completely lost weekend. You will spend all weekend playing this game. I promise you. So. All right, let's move on to the last topic of episode 95. Not one that I'm particularly excited to talk about, unfortunately. Uh, if you guys have been on the site today, uh, you probably saw that uh, late last night we posted something uh, about what's going on with Sifted as a site. We are in trouble. Uh, we got a, I got a letter, or actually I got a call from our landlord yesterday. Um, he said he wanted to make sure that I had got the letter that they sent us saying that they were raising our rent. I had not because I never check our mailbox here because we, we don't get anything in the mail here. Um, and so our rent is basically doubling in nine days, 10 days, or whatever. Um, that's not really the big problem. That sucks. But the big problem is that we're just not generating enough revenue to sustain the site. Um, that's the bottom line. We're making enough money to pay all these guys and pay for our facilities and, and our overhead with our bandwidth and our internet and our utilities and all that kind of stuff. The problem is, is that there's nothing left over for me every month. <laughs> Everybody else gets paid but me. And uh, I've been fighting along doing this for probably about eight months now. Um, and I just can't do it anymore. Uh, when you live in Los Angeles, I, I look, I have learned to cut my expenses in Los Angeles to the bare bone. And a lot of it is just because I work so much anyway that I'm not out buying stuff, spending money, blah, 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 going to concerts and movies and all that. Because I'm just 100% committed to Sifted and uh, trying to make it work. But even at the bare bones minimum, my expenses every month are like $4,000. That and that is rock bottom, like the cheapest you can really live in L.A. Yeah, it's per LA. month. And uh, so you start doing the math there of $4,000 a month times eight months. And there were months before that where I wasn't getting any, making any money either. I've lost a shit ton of money on Sifted. I still have not even made back my initial investment. And so I tried to fight along because we were at that break-even point all along, except for me, I wasn't getting anything, but the site was self-sustaining and paying for everything as far as our expenses were concerned, um, and I just kept thinking like, any, something's gonna happen It's gonna change. Like, we're gonna launch this new show, and everyone's gonna love it, and it's gonna convince people to subscribe, or we're launching this promo, and that's gonna get spread around, and er, er, even going yeah. back even farther, launching Pactor Factor, this is gonna be the thing that, like, gets us over the top, and it's just, nothing has worked. It's like, You get a little bump, but it seems like you gain people, and then you lose just as many people. We've tried price changes. We've tried everything. I mean, the last thing we tried was just going to monthly, and just $4 a month, lowering the rate. Um, And it's just it has been like nothing has worked. I mean, that's really what it's come down to, as far as getting us over that hump. Um, And the first thing I do want to say is, and I guess I'll look into the one shot, is everybody, thank you. Um, Since I posted that article, I checked right before I left, and holy cow, the donations that you guys have given us are insane. Um, I didn't ask for it. When I posted the, the article, um, it wasn't for our subscribers. Uh, th- it's eventually going to get pushed out. People are going to discover this story, and they're going to want to come and at least read what I wrote to see what's going on, or they're going to want to help or whatever. Like I didn't put those links in there for you guys. and Maybe I shouldn't have put them in there uh, until after kind of it got shoveled around to the rest of the Internet. It was for all the other people who are coming and being like, oh my gosh, Shane's in trouble. I want to help him or whatever. Instead, you guys just went crazy. Like, some of you guys, I can't even believe how much you donated. I flabbergasted, to be perfectly honest with you. Thank you so much. It means a lot. So, um, I just want to say that from the beginning. Thank you guys. Uh, you guys have been there the whole time. And uh, it means so much. And I I want the site to succeed more for you guys. Like, because you've you stuck behind the site. And... Uh, I want it to become what it can become. And that is more than it's been. And I think that's been the most frustrating part for me is like I have so many ideas, and I don't have the money to execute them. I think you're seeing with the type of content that we're launching, it's like, these are good ideas. It's really good stuff. We just can't create enough of it. Um, And it's it's like I say in in the the article I posted. It's a catch-22. It's like, you need money to make content. Uh, You need content to get people without people you don't have money to make the content and so it's just caught in like this endless loop and uh, I've reached the point where I just can't do it anymore. My finances have just been absolutely decimated Um, all pretty much all my savings that I worked for 17 years to save up are almost gone My wife is fed up with it. She's she's tired of living the life that I'm living or being a part of the life that I'm living where it's just like I work 14 hours a day and I don't do anything and when I do have free time. I'm either too tired or I don't want to spend money because I'm like watching my finances really closely and I don't want to do anything. It's not good for her. It's not good for me. And it's not good for the site. Like the site is not becoming what it should become. Um, And uh, so something's got to give. In the next uh, couple days, we've been working with a marketing firm in Las Vegas. Um, Basically, I posted something on Facebook about a month and a half ago. And uh, someone, guy who's been kind of following my career through all the years like reached out to me on Facebook. He's like, look, like I love Sifted. I love you. I've been following you for like 15 years. And he's like, "You c- can't go out like this. So he was a part of a marketing company. And basically, they are taking Sifted on and doing this crazy marketing program for the site. And I'm not going to get into all the details of how that works and what they're doing. Um, but it's really like a Hail Mary. Um, It was supposed to have launched on July 1st, and then it got pushed to July 15th, and it still hasn't launched. And uh, they're doing a couple other things. Like, they're actually producing a show for us, with my guidance, that will be uh, a new show to Sifted. Originally, the idea was they're going to do two. I had kind of mentioned this offhand in a prior episode of Sifted. That was what I was talking about. Um, But now it's just one, which I still appreciate, because they're, like, doing the show for us, basically, and handling, like, all the production and everything. They're just going to hand it to us. Um, And so there are things going on right now, uh, trying to save the site, trying to, uh, throw the helmet, catch the Hail Mary, you know, fourth quarter, Uh one second left trying to do what we can. Um, so I'm not giving up. I'm going to do like a crazy marathon live stream where I try to get subscribers. Uh, there's been a lot of great feedback in the article that I posted. I thank you very much for all that feedback. Uh, but one thing I would do want to say is I'm not going to respond to all that stuff because I am going to do a community summit live stream on Monday evening. So we'll wrap up the show here, show go up. But on Monday, I'm gonna do a stream that's just essentially a brainstorming session with what I consider the brain trust of Sifted. And the brain trust of Sifted to me are the people who watch our stream uh, because they're the most dedicated people. They're the ones who at three in the morning are like watching Game Face or whatever. They're the ones that are invested the most and care the most. So uh, on Monday, we're gonna be doing a stream. It's nothing flashy. It's not gonna have a bunch of graphics or B-roll or anything. It's just going to be us talking about Sifted and trying to work together uh, to map out its future if there is one. Um, I don't know what else I can say, honestly. Uh, it's been soul-crushing, to be honest with you, a lot. Of, I mean, the, particularly the last, like, seven or eight months. Um, because it's like we we got to that point where I'm like, oh my gosh, we're like at break-even. And then it just never... And it's like uh. this tease. It's a carrot dangling on the stick. It's like right there, and you're like, ah, ah, and it just keeps moving. As fast as you can move, like, right out of your grasp. And, um, yeah, I just have got to the point where I just can't. I just honestly can't afford to do it anymore. That's really what it comes down to. Um, And my wife is fed up with it, and I understand a 1,000%. So um, it's just a breaking point. Um, It doesn't help you just, like, not having to pay the rent here anymore? No. I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, um, a lot of people are, like, you know, just get rid of the location. The rent isn't insane. It's like when you talk about how much we pay for our location, it sucks that the rent is doubling. And that the fact that it doubles, it means that that's extra money that I pay out of my savings. Uh, so it does matter. But I'm talking about, like, is it viable for this site to go on? Uh-huh. And when you're talking about, like, the rent doubling at your location, that's not really part of that. It's, it's are we going to have enough revenue to grow? Because this... Like, giving up the location is sticking your finger in a hole in the dam. It's like, if we don't have this location, if we do have enough revenue to actually do great stuff, we don't have any place to shoot it. So if you give this up, and we're sitting in my apartment doing Game Face, which could very well happen. Uh Don't laugh, Sam. You might be in my apartment in, like, two weeks. Um... What do you what else do you do? You can't do anything else. And like no disrespect to like the YouTubers or easy allies or any of those guys, but it's like when you're working out of your bedroom. It's like all you can do is sit and talk about video games on camera. And yeah. I have ideas to do stuff that goes like way beyond that, like just groundbreaking content. Like I don't want to just be sitting in a room talking about games all the time. I have ideas for different types of content yeah. that have never been done before, and you can't do it when you're working at a home. If you want to rent a studio, it's like if you go to rent a studio in LA for like three hours. It costs like half of what our old rent was. That's why I have a location. I looked Ugh. into just renting spaces to do stuff out of, and it was way more expensive than renting a place. So so that's it. I mean, that's really what's going on. That's just me being 100% honest with you guys. Like, I always have been, and I always will be. Uh, and I think that's why our community is so good, because I am honest with you guys, and you guys give me honest feedback. There's no fluffing going on or no BS. So this is it. I mean, this is really, the next couple weeks, it's do or die for Sifted. Uh, This marketing thing, hopefully it launches and it drives a lot of traffic to us. Um, Bring all your ideas on Monday, guys. Um, Like I said, we're having a summit, like the meeting of the minds for Sifted. Um, And if you care about the site, be on the stream. You'll get an alert. If you're not following us already on Twitch, follow us. Um, And we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out what's best for me, we're going to figure out what's best for the site, we're going to figure out what's best for you most importantly, the subscribers and the people who pay for our content. So uh, I saw a lot of, uh, obviously, requests for Patreon. Uh, That's always been the most popular request for how we would change our revenue model. Uh, I am completely open to it and I'm going to be doing a ton of research on Patreon uh, over the weekend. So when I come in for the summit on Monday, I'll be well-versed and I'll understand sort of all the angles of it. my big hang up with Patreon has always been not just with game sites or whatever like I just it, it just shocks me that people are okay with paying more for something and someone else getting it for free. It just uh, blows my mind, and it 's something I, I have to get over because apparently I have a problem with it. like I have a problem with one of our customers paying a ton of money for something and some other person coming in for free like one one person went into the article and wrote and basically said i 'm stealing your content." Uh-huh. And your business model's stupid. I'm stealing your content. I do it every week. Uh, your business model's dumb. Go on Patreon. I'm never going to pay. And I'll steal your content for Patreon too. But, you know, the way around this is to just go on Patreon and just accept that.
1: Some people will pay more. Some people will pay less.
0: Yeah. And I think I've just, it's been hard for me to get over that hump because I don't like, see, here's what it is. I don't like seeing people getting taken advantage of. Mm. And to me, that's kind of what Patreon is.
1: Somewhat, but I mean, I th- it's like, like I worked for for a while there. I was working at, uh, uh, with Kevin Pereira on the on the Comic Con HQ stuff, and, yeah. and so I didn't work directly on the Attack, which is his daily, uh, you know, podcast thing he does with, uh, um, which is, is sort of an Attack of the Show permutation, but it's like there's a lot of like. Um, uh, crazy stunts and weird gross stuff that Alex does so it's like, and one of the things they do is like there's, you know there 's a very active uh, patreon community there for yeah. that. Uh, it basically pays for their company essentially uh, it, or it did before they started to expand yeah. and like um, these guys basically like, like the more you put mon- more like money you donate basically, the more uh, crazy the stunt would get and right. stuff like that. And like early on, I was kind of like, that seems like a weird way to fleece people for better. But like, they love it. Yeah. Like that's how they they love that they get immediate gratification from their money like that. They love that it goes directly to the people that are doing it for them. They love that it's instant and they get recognized for it. Like, it's a it's a it's a economic model that I. That would never occur to me, like spontaneously. Yeah, it blows my mind, to be honest with you. But like, it's there, and people—I mean, people love it. I know, it's like really... it's not. So, I mean, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I'm, I'm saying like, that's just not. It's the that's new. not the mindset. It's the yeah. new flesh, man. Yeah, like it it really it's is. like it's 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 not something people see as being ripped up. It's something they see as this way. I get to make sure. That this thing I love is still there. And I, if someone think, else gets yeah. it for free, so be it. But it's like I think.
0: I mean, I even saw some comments in the piece that I put up, though, where people are like suggesting, like, well, you know, you should put up uh, Game Face on YouTube a few days after it goes up for premium subscribers, but don't put anything else up. I mean, there are still mm-hmm. people who are protective of what they pay for and don't just want it to be given away for free. Mm-hmm. And you know, with anything, there's going to be people on one side of the scale or on the other side of the scale. Um, But there are some people who do think the way that I thought everyone thought. But I think where I've been short-sighted is that there are wealthy people out there. Oh, yeah. Like really wealthy people who want to help things that they love. And I thought I provided that opportunity when we created the donation program on Sifted. Um, But I feel like, at least based upon the comments, again, on the piece that I posted, it seems like some people want to see tangible change. They don't want a nebulous change. They want to say, okay, I'm going to give you a bunch of money, and then you do whatever you want with it. It's like they want to say, I'm going to give you this money, and I want to know exactly what you're going to do with it, mm-hmm. And which is kind of a psychological element of it or angle of it that I never even really thought about. So I'm going to think and I'll be thinking a lot about Patreon over the next couple days. Uh, come in on Monday uh, and sit down, and we'll talk about all this stuff, and we'll try to figure it out. We're not giving up. I'm not going to give up. I've worked too hard for this. I've get given way too much to this. Uh, I'm not going to go down without a fight. And I've been fighting. Uh, but at a certain point, it's like there's a line between tenacity and stupidity. Mm. And I, my wife has pointed out over the last couple <laughs> of months that I may be straying over the line. And after kind of looking at things over the last week or two, I, I'm starting to agree with her. That I'm going to a place that's not smart anymore. And uh, so i got to figure it out. Um, Hopefully, we can do that together uh, on Monday evening again. Uh, So join on the stream. We'll sit and we'll talk about it. And we'll try to get this thing figured out and try to keep Sifted alive. Um, You know, the other part of it is there's entanglements with the premium versus the basic subscribers on the site and that type of thing. Um, As far as, you know, I mean, basically, if we were to use Patreon, Sifted would just become a free website. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you keep people away from the
1: content that aren't contributing to the Patreon. I mean, I think... <laughs> you the, don't. I think the real answer to that is going to have to be who cares. Yeah. I mean, that's how it works everywhere now. I mean... And the idea is that there are people, people who love it and people are willing to throw whatever money at it that they want to, to to recognize that. Like, you'll make enough money that you won't care that people get it for free.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't care. All I care about is the site surviving.
1: Mm-hmm. I care about the people who are paying. Like... I think there's a there's less I it's a weird psychological thing that I would have to look into some scientific studies yeah. but there's like for whatever reason it seems like it feel and I feel that too like when I donate to things or versus subscribe to things if you're subscribing to something like this and you, and someone's getting something for free it feels more annoying than if you're donating to something and other people aren't donating.
0: And it's just verbiage. That's really all it is. It is. It's all it is. It's <laughs> really crazy. One way or the other, you're
1: doing what you need to do monetarily to keep this thing right. you like going. Right. But for some reason, the the verbiage makes a difference. You know, the you know, when serving bait, presentation is everything. Yeah. As they say. Yeah, yeah. And you know, subscri- But I, see, I hate
0: even using that word like but bait. Yeah, like, but I that's but I don't,
1: don't want to bait people. Right. Like. But but that's what. You know, marketing is, yeah. and you know, subscription in, indicates like you're one of all. You know, you're inside. You're no right. one else gets this. Whereas the Patreon model is more, more like inclusive. if you yeah. want to do it, if enough people want to, we'll stay, and that's all it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's what's kept me from using Patreon. Is that it's mm-hmm. just I don't I don't feel like I want to swindle. My supporters. I mean, that's what I feel like I'm well, my, doing if I would use Patreon. Well,
1: my only, all I can say is, like, I really don't think that's what you're doing. Well, I really one, don't think that, if, if that's how it felt for people, I don't think Patreon would be as successful no, you're right. at funding all these things. As one, it is. That's,
0: that's not what's really happening, is mm-hmm. a delusion I have. And two, at this point, it doesn't freaking matter. Right. Because it's do or die. So yeah. all bets are off the table at this point. Whatever I have to do to make it survive is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So. I've tried to take the high road with everything I've
1: done with sifted and, if and it, it hasn't worked. And if it, so well, if, and that's if, the bottom line. And if it works, you're just going to sit there and be like, man, I should have sold out long ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll never say that,
1: ever. So, anyway, South Park philosophy. Sell out fast, sell out hard, sell out big. <laughs> uh, and anyway, um, <laughs> again,
0: Monday night we'll all get together on a stream, and we'll sit and we'll talk about. It. We'll try to figure this all out. Uh, obviously, I value your guys' input very much. You guys are there's tons of really smart people on Sifted, um, and so I want to get your input, and we'll try to make this work together. So, time to move on to our
1: trailer of the week. It's a good week for trailers, actually. Actually, I had like to yeah. choose
0: from several.
1: Let's uh, see if you can go for three. Yeah, you've uh, been picking the trailers of the week for the other. Like, other podcasts have been having their trailers week be the one you picked the week before.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also Brandon Jones' Trailer Jones Show. Oh, where, yeah, yeah. We're two of three on that as well. So, we'll see. This one, I think I think I got this one nailed as well. This week, it's the debut trailer for Call of Duty World War Two Nazi Zombies. Um, this is the era where the zombies mode started. Yep. And the first time, it was a little campy.
1: But this one... This one's a little uh, a different take on things. A little edgy, a little dark. So same, uh, way, same way they seem to be trying to approach the main game, really. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so
0: here it is. Get your questions in, as always. Don't ask a ton of questions about the future of Sifted, because we're going to do that all on Monday, where we can kind of have a heart-to-heart and figure it all out together. We'll answer maybe a couple, uh, but try to get your general uh, gaming-related questions in there, and we'll answer them for you. Yet. Here we go.
1: I have seen a vision of our Führer's future. The death of the old world and the birth of the new can you hear it? drums the drums of war the march of progress I have built more than just a new kind of soldier. I have created the
0: devil himself. It looks freaking awesome. Yeah, it looks like better than
1: Resident <laughs> Evil. I'm not kidding though. It's got a little uh, Wolfenstein to it. Dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Think it doesn't look all that campy to me though. No, but I mean, in terms of the, the kind of the Tesla tech, yeah, sort of, sort of the diesel Nazi tech they're using there. Have you watched those? Uh
0: over-the-top gory zombie movies it's called like better red or red dead or something like that there's like three of them and it's just like crazy over the top gore i don't think so it reminds me of that i it's think like, i've seen them on
1: netflix though yeah you probably scroll scrolled through them like them. a million
0: times those actually those movies are crazy gory like some of the goriest movies like ever mm. uh, so if you're into that kind of stuff you might want to give them a watch but that gives me the same vibe as those movies that does uh, zombies mode so I'm happy. Like I'm glad it's getting away from the campy, kind of funny, goofy mm. thing that it's been on for a while. It's like serious now, and I'm I'm yeah. happy for that. Well,
1: it was I like out that, or it was gonna have to be like Winston Churchill and right. FDR? <laughs> <laughs> Which they've done before. Yeah. There have been old presidents in oh, the yeah. zombies mode before. So uh,
0: let's see. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> Tibbs and Bits. I'm guessing that's Tibble and Bits from the site. Uh, do you think we will reach an oversaturation point with open world games, like we did with other subgenres, such as military shooters and
1: MMOs? Um, I think MMOs are their own case because they were trying to get everybody to subscribed to things, and there's only so many, there's only so much bandwidth anyone has to subscribe to so many things. Yeah. Uh, and if you're invested in an MMO, you're probably not going to switch to something different. Um, I think oh, the open world games tend to be different enough. In this, yeah. it's, I mean, to me, it's like asking like Is there going to be a point where it's oversaturated with action games with RPG elements in them? It's like no, they're all just going to be that. It's you the know? future. Yeah,
0: that's where all games are going. I mean, to say that the way these open world games are going, they're every game in one game. All of them. Yeah. And uh, kind of expanding on what I mentioned in the last GIF, is like these open world um, action RPGs. Everybody has a different take on them. It's like some people will love Zelda. Some people will love Horizon Zero Dawn. Some people will love The Witcher because they're so rich and their systems are so deep and so expansive that, there's, that each one kind of provides something different for every type of player. And I think mm-hmm. that's just going to continue and it's going to get even more so uh, over time. So I've said it before on the show. I think eventually every game is going to be like an, an action RPG. <clears throat> I just think it is. I think everything's headed that way. All the genres are just mashing mm-hmm. up into one. Um, I mean, you've seen, like, RPGs mixed with music and rhythm. Like, it's all just converging into one hybrid called video game at this point. So, yeah, I don't see it going the way of the MMO or any of those other things you mentioned. Um, Oh, Kadaz, you have a time in mind Monday night. Uh, Probably be around 7 p.m. Pacific. Ooh, that's,
1: that's a good one.
0: I know it's late for a lot of you guys. It'll be 10 p.m. East Coast. Um, and look, I realize it may not work for everybody, but as many people that we can get on as possible, uh, the more feedback we get, the better. So,
1: Kevin Rafa says that if it says uh, as the penalty for losing the fantasy draft, our stream should be I should make you play the three crash games. Oh man, I like that.
0: I like uh, that, Johnny. I'm going to use that.
1: We're trying to kick me while I'm down, man. What's up with that? It's optimism because it means like in December I'll be we'll around still. Be still? Here. <laughs> Okay, Man, look, I'll take it, it that way. Hell, even if the site shuts down, I'd, I'd bring it back in December to be like, alright, we're back for one day only. No, I and do we're... promise you, If if even if the site does go away, whatever happens,
0: uh, I will pay my dues for losing the mm-hmm. Fantasy League. I promise. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Um, Joaquin Dragoon, do you guys miss linear games at all? These open world games are too much.
1: Um... I don't think I miss linear games because they're still linear. They're still games. around, yeah. Really? I mean, we just played Destiny two. <laughs> yeah, the campaign was linear. Sometimes I play ults. I mean, I did play uh, when I was up in San Francisco. I think I, said, I played Darksiders one again. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, it's not it's Zelda, but it's not open world.
0: I mean, open world games are still a small fraction of all video games. Yeah. I mean, they're probably what like 25 percent, maybe. And there's a whole
1: indie world of yeah, yeah,
0: stuff. Yeah, I mean that stuff hasn't gone away. Um, Inside.
1: That's a yeah. damn linear game, yeah, exactly. but it's also a damn good game. It
0: is, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't...
1: There's still it's plenty. Still there. of, yeah. It's I cool. mean, if you mean, like, in the AAA space, I mean, sure. Like, but Destiny, all the World War II is going to be... Yep. Know, Every maybe maybe it's not what you're after, but... Yep. Uh, well, it's like I said... I'm in the Club, I've wanted Space Sims to come back forever, and <laughs> I'm still waiting, so...
0: Uh, here's one from Jay Reed Vic 7 are online services like Xbox Live Arena's too late to meaningfully contribute to esports. No. Probably not. Nothing's ever too late. I don't, esports just you don't just know getting what's going to catch until it
1: catches, yeah. you
0: know? But esports is really, I mean it's an infant still. Yeah. It's still just catching on. Like it's just still starting to go mainstream. It has
1: so much more room to grow. Yeah. And there's and a lot of change. It means things are changing by the by the year, by the month, by the week sometimes. Yep uh, certainly, I mean, five years ago, we would never have, you know, covering EVO five years ago, we would never have dreamed we would have gotten on ESPN2 that soon. Yeah, um, it's, It'll get there. And we, you don't know what's going to be the breakout. You know, you don't know what is going to be the thing that suddenly makes it click. It's like the whole thing where, like, you know, for decades, people, you know, like, TV tried to cover, like, uh, poker tournaments forever. Yeah. And it wasn't until that one guy, I can't remember his name, but one of the producers said, drill a hole in the thing, put a lipstick camera so we can see everybody's cards. Yeah. And that's what it did it. Changed everything. That yeah. changed, that was the key. That was the key to presenting card games on television. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. And so you never know what that breakthrough will be or who's got that idea. And it'll come. It'll, it'll just, it'll be there. It's just... Yeah. Patience. It's just getting started. And so, yeah, anything, anyone has an idea, like Xbox Live Arena, if, you, if they, somebody's got that idea and they got the money to make it happen, go for it. You never know. You never yeah. know if that's going to be the one. It's
0: true. Uh, Shelburne says, Dead Snow. Yes, that is the yeah. movie franchise I was talking about. Crazy gory. View it at, <laughs> at your own peril. Uh, Looney on the loose, great username. After both Zelda and Super Mario Odyssey this year, do you think Nintendo will struggle to deliver another big hitter in 2018 with the Switch? Would it have been better for them to leave Mario until next year? That is a great question. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think the answer is uh, to the first one is yes. Yes. And the second one is no. I think they need Mario this year. I
0: don't know. Because look, there's only—I I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing they sold around two, three million in the U.S. at this point. There are still so many people who have not got Zelda that yeah. are going to get Zelda. But the other—I I mean, remember, Zelda's Mario, going to sell that console for a year. But Mario
1: sells so much better than Zelda. I don't know if it does. It does. The Mario, 2D Mario routinely sells better than Zelda, uh, and Mario is just bigger, better known than Zelda. I mean, I, I'm a bigger Zelda fan than the Mario. But I'm not actually a big Mario fan in yeah. general. Uh, I will always go Zelda and Metroid over Mario, um, but that is not true of the vast majority of the market. And having a Mario game, especially one that looks like that, that looks that good, that yeah. has that all oh, so many weird things in it, so many like eye-catching shots in it. To be able to throw up there for the holiday season, like that's real important. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't see a scenario in which holding that game back to the, to the Q one would have helped them. Like, Nintendo's you, real hurdle is getting enough hardware out there. That's right. really the problem. Getting enough units in the pipeline, which seems to be kind of the Nintendo problem right now for anything they make, because I've already resigned myself to not seeing a damn Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah, me too. Um, but like no, I think Mario Mario has to be there this year. It's, well, it's, it's like
0: I just told everyone to go buy Zelda's Splatoon.
1: a great secondary. Splatoon's yeah. gonna be a great secondary because you know, the people that that are gonna buy that system for for Zelda, we already did it for the most yeah. part. Yeah, and Zelda people are still gonna buy Zelda with that system, but that Mario game is gonna is gonna fire people up. I think. Well, it's like um, I just told people
0: to go buy Splatoon, and it's like they a lot of people can't.
1: Right. <laughs> They're like, I don't right. even
0: have the console.
1: Well, look at Zelda. That's I mean, really the hang-up. Zelda sold more copies than Switches. Or at yeah. one point, like yeah. because people were buying the game and hoping Thinking they can they're going to get the system. Yeah. Um, will they struggle to get a big game out next year? I, th- I mean, for the first half, it looks like sure. I mean, what is there unless, what you, could... unless you think Yoshi and Kirby are big games?
0: I mean, this is the problem with Nintendo in general: is that it really has like four or five franchises. Right.
1: And once it shoots its wad, so to speak. And there's stuff that'll keep people like you and me playing or fans. Yeah, yeah. Of I mean, look, I don't think either of us. Would have a problem with their big summer game next year being Pikmin? No, I'd be in, not at I'd be all. Super in on that.
0: Am I all that excited
1: about or, the Kirby and the Yoshi games no. coming? No. no. I mean, would I be super happy if one of their if their big holiday release next year turns out to be Metroid Prime is going to make it? For that, yeah. great, super.
0: I it. mean, that's really what we're talking about here. If you're talking about having a big game in 2018, it's Metroid Prime
1: Four, which has never really has been never sold
0: that a big well. game on that level. I mean, that's the problem here. Nintendo is about to shoot its wad, right? Once, Mar- and that's why I think there might be some credence to what he's saying about maybe it's better for Mario to come out next year because I think Zelda will sustain I don't agree with
1: all the all. way through this holiday season. You have to get this thing out the gate in a big- and like you've already seen this year, you know the latest NPD sold like what 216K. I mean, we don't know how much of that is supply constraint problems, but it's like yeah. that ain't setting the world on fire, folks. Like they they need this thing to be the big holiday thing, and uh, Mario will get it there if they can get the units in the pipeline of the system, obviously. But uh, I I think even as a giant Zelda fan, Zelda fan boy, really for the most part, except I haven't liked one pre Breath of the Wild. I don't think I liked one for like three games. But like um, Zelda is the one that really gets me to like sit up and pay attention. Uh, but Mario is the video game character for the whole world. Oh, it's and one of the
0: most popular characters I mean, in the world. And,
1: yeah. I, and also like something about a Mario game at Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe it just comes from that Mario sixty four love. Oh, like that was when September
0: it came out. September, but most yeah. people got
1: that system for, for Christmas. Christmas, yeah. And like so many people. I mean, I remember my friends coming over on Christmas Day and playing that game. It was great. And I mean, we were in our 20s at that point, yeah. and people still came over to play yeah, yeah. Mario. Oh, and it was mind like,
0: blowing at the time.
1: And like, um, even I mean, I'm, I'm talking about not my gamer friends. I'm talking about my friends yeah, who just yeah. like were just people who are like, like, "Oh my god, he has like, an Oh N64. my god, he has yeah. Mario! Yeah. Like, oh, I love Mario. I played Mario when we were eight, And like, I'm gonna come over, and, play, and it's like,
0: oh, the hype was real
1: yeah. for Mario 64. And people like that when they see that ad and it looks like Mario 64, except way better and way like, they're gonna get that same feeling. I think that I don't agree with that shit. at all. I do. I do. <laughs> I really don't. We we'll agree do. to disagree on that one. I think it, I think I talked be to some of those people when I went up there, and like they agree, like they didn't know that game was coming out because you know obviously they haven't advertised in mainstream yeah. markets yet. Like, oh, they're doing another Mario. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. I'm like, well, good luck. You know, basically, it's I'm the whole my thing on that was like, well, you might not be able to find one. It might be the Cabbage Patch Kid yeah. of, of this year, but
0: we well, get both sides of the argument, and my, my argument is that I think Zelda is enough to sustain the Switch through the holidays because I think there's going to be. Literally, hopefully, if Nintendo can get its its uh, manufacturing in order, there are going to be, to be millions and millions of Switches sold in the last quarter of the year. All those people are going to buy Zelda. Mario is going to be for the people who already have the Switch and who already finished Zelda. And so for me, to, for them to pop Mario out to maybe even summer of next year, I don't see where it hurts them at all. Um, it hurts us because I want to play it as quickly as possible and I wouldn't be happy if they delayed it to then. But as a, from a financial perspective, I, I would understand why they would do that. Um, let's see, Killzone. Uh, saw you were playing Wildlands a couple of nights ago. I tried inviting you, but I think you fell asleep with the game on. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had booted up the game. I'm doing something with the game. I'm not going to spoil what I'm doing with it right now. although you could probably guess if you really think about it. Um, and I booted it up to start, and I got waylaid and started working on something else. I never went back to it, and I woke up the next day and realized it had stayed on all night. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't fall asleep with it on as much as mm. I just got distracted and had to do something else.
1: I played a bit of it. Uh, I finally got it when it was cheap during the E3 sale. I got it because I'm like, hey, maybe I should play the biggest selling game of the year just to, just for fun. Right? Yeah. Um, I like it. I mean, I, I, I feel... I'm an open world game fan, uh, but when I look at the map of that game, I get, I, I understand what people talk about when they say they look at them and they just like t- turn it off. Intimidation. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, it's like <laughs> oh my god, that's so many memos. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You
0: know, Especially when you look at the map and you get all the icons and everything. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, Case it's Money. Fun. Favorite arcade game from the 80s? I've already actually shared mine on the show,
1: but Matt, what's yours? From the 80s? Yeah. Um, probably Rolling Thunder. Uh, which is uh, kind of a predecessor to uh, Shinobi by Namco. Namco? That was Namco right? Wasn't? It? No, it was Sega wasn't it? No, Sega didn't make Rolling Thunder. You um, sure? Sega made Shinobi. Rolling Thunder was Namco. Or Taito? Yeah, Maybe yeah, it's Taito, right? Maybe it's Taito. And it wouldn't oh, I know But Rolling Thunder was my favorite for a long time.
0: Yeah, my favorite is Super Punch Out. I talked about it just a couple weeks ago on Game Face. The Super Punch Out '80s. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, the arcade game, I guess. Yep. I don't think I ever really knew that existed, for some reason. It was awesome. It was only at the at the the Malibu Castle arcade, and we didn't go there very often.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, had way more fighters in it than the original. I could beat the first Punch Out on one quarter. The second one, not so much. Super Macho Man was badass. Uh, let's see. Namco,
1: Rolling Thunder is Namco. Uh. Who got any other questions here there was a time i would have said kidniki radical ninja i was
0: recently streamed at an
1: officially broadcasted
0: pokemon tournament and they made me cover my sifted shirt what hmm.
1: are you kidding me now they'll cover logos they don't recognize if they don't know how litigious they are
0: how did they even know that it was anything like were they covering someone wearing a Lacoste logo? Like,
1: they might, well they also I'm sure they don't know what it is, so maybe they just thought it was some kind of fashion design brand and they, they always by default will blur that. I almost out. kind of like that.
0: <laughs> in I mean it's some yeah, weird way. Yeah, that's almost a
1: compliment to your <laughs> to your art
0: design. Yeah, really. seriously. Yeah, if they saw that and they're like, Oh, we need to cover that. Yeah. That actually kind of makes me feel good. In a weird kind of way. Uh let's see. I got a couple more here. Uh, Erebus Jones, is the next Pokemon game going to be Switch exclusive? And does that make sense, given the likely larger cost to develop and the mega sales Sun and Moon did on 3DS?
1: Uh, I don't think it will be.
0: You think it'll still be a 3DS game? Yeah. Or both? I'm gonna be both, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, I feel like the next Pokemon game is not gonna come out for two more years. What, Ultra? Or you mean, like, the like next Like, the next, next real
1: Pokemon game. I don't know. Look, the, the 3DS just outsold, like... like the switch again so i mean yeah that system's not dying not dying easy not as much as i hoped it would (laughs) i wish it would go away
0: so we get more good
1: stuff i just bought a 3ds game
0: yeah i mean i'm not arguing it's great software it has a great library
1: oasis check it out
0: yeah i mean i'm not saying it's not good and i mean everybody should own a 3ds by now there's no doubt about it but I think it would be better for the health of overall health of Nintendo if it di- it was a Switch game. But I agree with Matt. Like I think it'll but be it's better
1: for me if they make more good 3DS games.
0: Yeah. Here's what's gonna happen.
1: It's gonna come out for both. Yeah. It's probably I would the think. same time. The idea that like you wouldn't have a Pokemon game on that. I mean, look, one day they're gonna have to do it. Yeah. But like maybe not next. The next time. game is not that it, time. <laughs> you've already got how much? What? Fifty million 3DSs in people's hands by that point. Like you're going to put the Pokemon game out there for the 50 million people. Yeah, you know, It's like, come on. You're not going to be anywhere near that with a Switch then. Yeah. So, I think it'll be, still be both. Even if that system's dead. Even if it's the last 3DS game. I think that will still come out.
0: Um, uh, Erebus is saying, isn't that a cop-out? <laughs> what, saying it's going to be on both? I just, that's just what I think is going to happen. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd, in fact, at the very, if you had to make me pick, I'd say it wouldn't be on the Switch. Yeah. Alright, I think that's it.
0: Game Face episode 95 in the books. I sure hope we make it to 100.
1: Yeah, it'd be a shame not to. It really would,
0: to come all this way and not be able to have that landmark episode. Um, we'll see. Crazy, crazy next couple weeks coming for Sifted Guys. It might, so. it might just
1: be us in a closet
0: Yeah, with, with a, with a
1: <laughs> GoPro or something. Yeah,
0: seriously. Uh, whatever you do to send positive vibes, do it. Whether you're religious and you pray or you just think good thoughts, whatever it is, we'll appreciate them. And please send them our direction because we're scrapping for our lives here. So uh, once again, thanks to everybody who's donated today. Again, far beyond my wildest imagination. Um, if you stumble across like anything about what we've been talking about or what I posted earlier today out on social media or on message boards or whatever, please support us. I'm sure you're going to see a lot of people saying, oh that place deserves to die or whatever. Please be the person who steps up and stands in for us. uh, Because that can make a big difference, man. When you have people out there that are just like hating all the time, it's like one bad apple spoiling the whole barrel. So I'd really appreciate it if you stood up for us. And only if you believe it. I'm not telling you to say or do something you don't believe. But if you believe in Sifted and you like the site and you want it to succeed, I would really appreciate it if you guys would stand up for us out there in the wilds of the internet. So... Everybody have an amazing weekend. Thanks once again for all your support, guys. It's really amazing. Game Face is up and out.